Do you know someone on your holiday gift list that's looking to cut costs? Consider a Henson Razor. Henson Razors use quality standard blades that only cost 10 cents each. That means you'll only be spending pennies a month on blades. Compare that to multi-blade cartridges that cost 20 to 30 times more. Over a couple years, that special someone on your list will save hundreds and get a safe and smooth shaving experience along the way. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome in today for the first episode of our Kenobi Roundtable. We're going to be talking about episodes one through three. As for episodes one and two, we were in Star Wars Celebration, so we could not all be here to cover all the episodes. But with episode three coming this Wednesday, we're here to talk about all three. I am, of course, one of your many co-hosts, Char Char J, <laughs> joined in by Luke. How's it going, everybody? Because of Obi-Wan. And Harris Productions. What's up, everybody? Hope everyone's oh, having man. a great day so far. We're going to dive deep into all three of these episodes. We have many questions, many topics to cover, and we got some great guests today. So sit back, grab a snack, and uh, watch us do our thing. We don't have a banner. Thing oh, it's your own. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing so good. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I tried oh, to keep with the show. Oh, no. I haven't done a roundtable in a while. That's why. I know, right? All right. So anyway. Ready. Ready to bring in our guests? Yeah. All right. So the first guest today, she has been on many of the Clone Wars arcs. She is one of our dearest friends, and she is the sad quote about Obi-Wan um, uh, person. So let's bring in Beth at Mara J. Skywalker. <laughs> uh, dyad, dyad moment. Can we just say yes. Dyad moment? We, yes. we, are, we are in. We are in I have Kenobi, but not the same one. I think you I'm said, just promoting the same stuff face. as per yes. usual. Yes. Yes. <laughs> But we're all we're all repping our boy. It's great. Yes, yes. It's our great. lord, our lord, our lord and savior, uh, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, um, uh, Beth, how you doing? Good, good. Thank you guys so much for having me. Oh, I'm, I'm, we're glad to have you. It wouldn't be right if we didn't have you on. Oh, bless. Because bless. because behind you and Alanis, I am the third. Obi Wan Stan. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. That's that fair. is fair. I mean, I'm. Number one, Anakin Stan, and that's not debatable. I think uh, Anakin. Oh, 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 oh Kari's oh, got yes, something to say about that. Yeah. Uh, 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 oh, oh, I've already ruffled the feathers. I would say, I would say, Kells personally, but that's just me. Yeah, like only a Sith feels an absolute. See, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Kari. This is her first ever time being on the podcast, so I feel like me and her are gonna gel really, really well. But we're off to a not great start already, and she's not even in here yet. So, yes, and speak great. and speak of the devil. So our second guest today is a newcomer to the Pop Ones podcast. Uh, she hasn't been on any of the Clone Wars arcs or the roundtables, and I'm we're glad to bring her in for her first time. Let's introduce Kari. Hi guys, <laughs> how's everyone Hello. doing? Good. You so ready to, to talk? You ready to talk some Anakin, Obi Wan? Uh, yes. some Vader, have some fun well, with okay, that. Okay, so right? about the Anakin thing, I'm gonna, give it, <laughs> I'm gonna, no, wait, I'm gonna give you a little bit of leeway because first and foremost, I'm a Vader stan, so okay. I am, you all, you already know in my page, yeah. I'm mm -hmm. Vader simping all the way, but you know, Anakin is very right there, so we'll share him. It's fine. okay, all right, <laughs> sounds good, sounds good. All right, where can the good people follow you uh, on social media? 
Um, so TikTok is my AKA right there. It's Star Wars Tia. Tia means aunt, auntie, by the way. In case that's not a name. That's like I didn't. Auntie. I didn't get that. So don't feel bad if none of you got it. I didn't get it. I'm not even gonna lie. So I'm like Star Wars auntie, you know, in Spanish or whatever. Um, the same thing in Twitter is the same handle, and then in Instagram is Gadi Skywalker. K A R I Skywalker. No, together. yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, Beth. I forgot we forgot to ask you where the good people can follow you on all the social medias. <laughs> it's all good. Um, it's all good. You can find me at TikTok at mar.j.skywalker. Um, and I finally started Twitter. Finally. Um, and that's Mara underscore J Skywalker, I think. Yeah. That's not right. Awesome. 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 All right. Uh, and we've got one more. Char, bring Yes, him in. we do have one more guest. And he is also a newcomer to the Pod Once podcast. Um, I'm excited to talk with him today. Uh, I myself have been watching his content for a long time, so I am glad to be able to talk with him about Kenobi. Let's bring in Swacer1977. Hello, everybody. Swacer, how's it going, buddy? Pretty good. How are you? Oh, just dandy. I actually, funny thing, uh, Swacer and I, uh, um, we ran into each other at Celebration, and he was just like, I... You're like the first person that I've seen, and, and and he didn't like. I had followed him, but he had no idea who I was. So it was like so awesome. So I was like, I was like, oh my god, it's Swacer. What's what's going on? And he's like, oh, I've got to follow all these people. What's your handle? And I was like, okay, surreal <laughs> moment here. It was great. It was really I, nice running into everybody, meeting everyone. It was so cool. I unfortunately I, did not run into you, so uh, I did not either. So yeah. next time, unfortunately, didn't like go. Years. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> 2023 London. We got we you you're going, Kari. Me and JJ. I don't know if you guys know Cat Lady JJ. We're yes. Already, yeah. Let's yeah. go. Oh. Out. Exactly. Yeah. We already we roomies already. So yeah, JJ just, actually you know. lives like a half an hour from where I live right now. So yeah, she lives oh, in Chicago. Cool. Yeah. Um, but Swacer, where can the good people follow you on uh, the social medias? Oh yeah, uh, TikTok uh, Swacer no, underscore 1977. That's that's the one. Nice, 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 nice. Is it nice, 77 nice. for Star Wars? It is, like, yes. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Nah, <laughs> yeah. You, you, you were born in 1977, <laughs> yeah. were you? <laughs> I was like, wait. Yeah. I was like, way too young. <laughs> no, I've had people ask me that. It's funny. You you, 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 aged, you aged like uh, fine wine there, Swayser. Oh, thank you. Um, uh, to new people coming into the chat, appreciate it. Yeah, we're going to have some fun tonight. Uh, Tom Jason, thank you for joining. Uh, St. Pat. Of, uh, yeah, Pat, Pat is no longer St. Pat of Starfleet. He's St. Pat Separatist Boy. Ugh. Ugh. We got to drive off the sips. Yeah, we got to drive <laughs> off the sips. Uh, thanks to Twitch. Uh, go on, John. Go on. Uh, Duel of the Ranks. Thanks for joining. I will be on their podcast uh, next Thursday. Uh, they Hi, are. Brody. They have a. They have <laughs> a little. Brody. They have a. They have a little special place in my heart because I I live in Nebraska and they're the also the they also live in Nebraska, and they're Star Wars fans and they have Luke their own Star Wars Egan, the local boy. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. So I will be on their podcast on Thursday. Uh, thanks for joining. I appreciate it. Now I was going to start off with a question, but I feel like this is a good one. Uh, I've never seen Star Wars. Is it worth watching? And where do I start? I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with our panelists first. Let's start with Kari first. I want her takes. How do you watch Star Wars? What? 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 If you were showing it to somebody who uh, mm-hmm. is seeing it for the first time, how would you show it to them? 
I'm 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 old school. I, I do it by you know order of release. Um, I start okay. with the original trilogy. Um, that's how I started with my nephew right now. He's the, the first one he's done is New Hope, which is why he loves Vader too. I mean, I'm biased for him, but yeah. Um, but I would definitely do it chronological just because uh, I guess most of a lot of us grew up watching it that way. So you know, it's 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 it would be easier for him to talk with people if he starts seeing it that way. I don't know. I guess. But I would no, do chronological. I mean, not chronological. Um, release date. Yeah. Release order. Release mm-hmm. order. Okay. Uh, Swicer, how would you show Star Wars for the first time? Yeah, I'm also. I concur. I would go with release order. Uh, you know, the, I've talked to people that prefer to go, you know, chronological order. But I think you know, it's always best to start with uh, where it began in the first place, and then kind of work your way through. As far as where you throw in the TV shows, if you or if you're that daring. I don't think that really matters that much. But as far as the films go, I'd try and watch in release order. Okay. Beth? I mean, I have to agree. Like, you, because the original trilogy just establishes so much of, like, the lore and world building. Um, and then they obviously just continue to build upon it in the prequels. Um, yeah, you have to, I would say, release order 100%. Okay. Harith? I'm going to say, I'm going to agree with the panel, say release, but I'm going to add a little caveat. I've heard a lot of people say you should throw in Rogue One as the first movie to kind of like, if they're like an older like fan of like, like they haven't never experienced Star Wars, Rogue One is a really good like little soft dip in and then go release for the rest of the way forward. I feel like that's a good way to like get someone introduced to Star Wars like if they've never seen it and get someone really good into the original trilogy era with the Galactic Civil War. Interesting. Char? Well, I agree with everyone except for that caveat that Harith had. <laughs> I, I think that you should watch it by release date, originals, prequels, sequels, and then you can watch the anthologies. Um, I've heard a lot about that Rogue One uh, aspect for the first movie, but it was like there's some parts of the movie where you would like it more if you have seen the movies already. Yeah. Like when you see yeah. Leia at the end and she yeah. says hope, you're like, wait. Who's that? <laughs> yeah, or like Vader, just just Vader in general. Yeah, Vader yeah. goes like, ham, the and then the next that? thing you see, yeah. you see his fight with Obi Wan. You're like, wait, why? Well, <laughs> why is it like Vader's this? fight is makes it more intense because of what we know of his backstory. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's true. And obviously, we don't know that backstory if you watch Rogue One yeah. first. So, yeah. So, um, I would agree to it. I, I would agree. Look, are you a numerical guy? No, um, okay. I'm a st- I'm a story guy, and I like to think outside the box. Ooh, so I'm gonna say machete order. Ooh, so you watch four five, you get the big reveal right, and then you go back to well, you can cut out one if you want to, but honestly, it's it's pretty it's pretty severe to uh. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Anakin's story, so one, two, and three, and then you watch six, and then you go seven, eight, nine, and then you can throw in Rogue One, uh, solo wherever you want to. That's what I would do, just because you get that reveal, and you're just like, how did he get? How did he become like? Like it's so compelling to see his fall, 
And then right as you see his fall, you see his redemption at the end. Okay, so you're Christopher Nolan. You like time jumps. I'm just saying, I think it's an interesting I think it's an interesting way to watch the movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Just because I I love Anakin's story. I love I'm going to sound like a weirdo, but like I love seeing his fall in Revenge of the Sith and then seeing him be redeemed by Luke in, in Return of the Jedi is so much more impactful because we see where Vader slash where Anakin has come from, from being that Jedi Knight in the Clone Wars, failing everybody, even the Jedi, even himself, and then seeing him redeemed in the end is, is very compelling. So that's yeah. why I would go Machete Order. But you can't really go wrong with showing them any version. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and also, John, like if once you once you finish watching um the movies, it's honestly it's up to you whether or not which show you want to start with first. Personally, I think you should start with Mandalorian because I think Mandalorian is something that a lot of people I... have gotten into. Mm, um, that, I be... no, I agree. Mandalorian was how like I have friends who had never seen Star Wars before. They started watching Mandalorian, loved it, and then that's actually what got them to watch yeah. like the original movies. Yeah, hundred so, percent agree. I heard that. I heard this. Yeah, unless you want to watch a seven season show, you know, be my guest. But uh, I say, I, I say, you go with Mandalorian. I'd say Kenobi. I feel like Kenobi has the easiest buy-in because, like, you don't really need to watch anything else. You just watch Kenobi, you're good. Like, yeah, like, like, but but like, but like, say if he's starting now, but the show's not finished, so it's like. Well, yeah. and we also we'll, we'll talk a little bit of news towards the end as well because I want everybody's takes on on little rumors that have been dropped. Uh, I I don't really know how to feel about it, but we'll get to it. Um, but now to get into Kenobi. All right. So the intro question: What is your relationship with Obi Wan, and how do you connect with his character? Now, the first person you would think I would ask Beth, but. I want to get everybody else's mindset. Let's let's go Kari first. Okay. So with Obi-Wan, all right. I've always loved Obi-Wan. Like, you know, the first time I saw him, obviously, was with the prequels and stuff. I mean, well, you know, we did, we get a little bit of insight into him in the original, but then we get more of him in, you know, uh, the prequel and stuff. I loved him. You know, he was pretty cool. He was sassy, you know, like gorgeous, yeah. of course, the same thing and stuff. But I can say that I didn't connect with him. I didn't have that attachment to him because we never got, well, in the live media, like the movies, I mean, and even yeah. in the show, we didn't get like that um, struggle. Like we didn't get to see him emotionally, you know, how he was inside struggling, his inner struggles, uh, you know, all of that stuff. He was always like the calm one, the one that had to be, you know, telling Anakin to calm down and, and you know, I always had to be that level-headed one and stuff. So, um, and then even even when, like, Qui-Gon died, okay, we just see him there in pain and then mm-hmm. we didn't see his grieving process. Same thing with Satine. You see him right there when she dies, he's hurt, and then we just get straight to the next thing that he has to go do and stuff, you know, right? And I never read the books. And then Beth, starting with her, you know, stabbing the heart, you know, Obi-Wan quotes, <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I started seeing them, and then that started getting me more compelled to open, you know? Uh, I started like, wow, okay, the books, you know, are really doing a great job. And then you get Brotherhood. Where is it? Over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That I, Brotherhood basically made me fall in love all over again with Obi in a very different way that I could finally yeah. connect with him, you know, 
much more emotionally and mentally um, and spiritually because that book really delved into his all his inner struggles, his doubts, his regrets, his 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 how he really felt about his relationship with Anakin, how he felt about his relationship with, with Qui-Gon, what happened with the team. Like it's just it gave us such details yeah. that um I could really relate to him. And then now with the show, this is the most I could I have ever related with Obi ever. I'm like, dude, I've been there, I've been in the rut, I've been depressed, I've been trauma like it's 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 really been a very personal, you know, uh, journey with him in this show because it's it's a lot of things that I've experienced, mm-hmm. and I'm like, damn, I love him. I this is this is to me Obi Wan is my favorite one right now, uh, because of that. So that has been my journey with Obi now. No, yeah, absolutely, and that's very compelling because yes, he, uh, what, well, I mean, we have the one. Uh, the only Beth here, and we'll get into her story and and everything, which I absolutely resonate with uh, a lot. Um, but Swacer, Casey, yes, same question. What's your what's your interaction? What was your first introduction with Kenobi, and how do you connect with him? That's that's a really uh, you know tough question. I the first interaction that I had with Obi Wan was with the original trilogy, uh, so with old Ben uh, with yeah. Alec Guinness's version. Um, and I wouldn't say that that iteration became what, like one of the reasons why I loved the character of Obi-Wan. I think it was really Ewan McGregor's performance in the, the prequel trilogy and then uh, James Arnold Taylor, uh, the voice acting for him in The Clone Wars. Um, it's just, he's definitely a top three Jedi for me. And there is definitely certain things that, I, I think he's just an admirable Jedi. I'm not sure if I pronounced that word correctly, but I, oh, he's yeah. just a character that you can look up to, I feel. Um, now, like, he... He definitely follows the rules uh, a little bit more than some of our other fan favorites, like, say, Anakin and Luke. Um, but I feel like when the time comes, he's also able to kind of ignore it. Not ignore per se, but he's able to, like, look out for those that, you know, are with him, mm-hmm. are close to him. And uh, it's just, I don't know, it's, he's just always been one of my, like, favorites, uh, just for so, so many reasons that are kind of just hard to put into words, honestly. No, yeah, that's very, very compelling. Absolutely. And now to round it off, Beth, <laughs> take it away. Oh, man. Um, so obviously first introduced to Obi-Wan in the original trilogy. Um, but I, of course, you know, younger when I watched it. And then in the prequels, I like, I mean, obviously Ewan McGregor, gorgeous. Um, but I think that's really where... I started to develop my intense love of this character. Um, and I think the way that I always explain it, um, it's my favorite quality about him and why I guess I relate to him so much is not the extremely interesting parallels that he has with my own life. Um, but it's just exemplified by um, like his lightsaber form, form 332, which is the resilience form. Um, and he is so resilient. We see him go through so much so, so much <laughs> infinite sadness, um, pain, trauma, his own failures, his mistakes. And yet, and obviously we're still seeing this journey to the individual who we see in the original trilogy. Um, mm-hmm. And at the same time, he's very, you know, he, yes, he is a great Jedi and he tries, but he's very human and he's very fallible. Um, and he makes a bunch of mistakes. Like he has attachment issues. He has a lot, he, you know, he's definitely 
I feel like a lot of people tend to idolize him and see him as like this icon as opposed to the individual who he is. And that's one of the things I'm absolutely obsessed with in this series is breaking down kind of this name, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and seeing who he actually is inside. Um, but bottom line, just his resilience is so inspiring because he has had all these horrible things happen to him. And at the beginning of every day, even, even when he's depressed, he's still like, I am going to try and do my best. Like he has a job, he's protecting Luke. Now he's doing something else. Um, and he never, even though he may lose that hope and that faith personally, like and have yeah. his own doubts, he never loses it for like the general, like the world in general, that things yeah. can be a better place. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's how I find him. So, I mean, he's just, he's an incredible character. I, I, obviously, I don't spend any time thinking about him. Like, <laughs> My whole person and personality is not based on him at all, you know? And making the no. rest of us think about him all the time. And just be depressed 24-7. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Um... Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Uh, it, it. Whenever I think Beth was one of the first people that I saw on TikTok, and I really gravitated towards her. And celebration, not to go on a a to get off a beaten path here, but but Beth was one of my people that I was looking forward to most seeing, because we do we do have this connection. We 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 kind of are Obi Wan Anakin to a to a certain degree. Um, and to a certain degree, <laughs> I mean, definitely. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> videos that prove it. Yes, yeah, that, that's that's very true. But like, I, I, I don't think I could have picked a better Obi Wan than Beth. So that's 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 my whole spiel. Uh, Harith, same question to you. I mean, just like the rest of the panel, introduced Star Wars with the original trilogy on DVD alongside the prequels on DVD. But, like, I really didn't start gravitating toward Obi-Wan until I got into Clone Wars as a teenager. And seeing, like, Obi-Wan's humidity with, like, Satine and then, like, his, like, master of, like, sass and trolling with, like, in, like, Clone Wars Season 4. It's just, like, I really gravitated towards, I would say, James Earl Taylor's just Obi-Wan in general and the Clone Wars. Just seeing that version of the character just thinking about that and then watching back to the prequel trilogy really enhanced those movies for me. And then obviously diving in further with the books and stuff, like really it was Clone Wars that got me really into Obi-Wan. So seeing that get back translation into live action was really exciting to, for me at least. So that's how kind of my relationship with Obi-Wan started. Charlie. Well, yeah, it's, I think my relationship with Obi-Wan is very similar to the Beth's 
in some ways. It's the aspect of that he feels so much pain all the time with losing Qui-Gon, losing Satine, and then losing Anakin. And that he keeps moving forward. He harnesses it, and he keeps moving forward. He's never tempted by the dark side. He knows that it's the wrong way to go. And you see this in the the Lawless episode with um, what happens to Satine, and that um, only the weak embrace the dark side. And uh, he manages a way to keep that focus despite the trauma and the pain that he is currently suffering in those times. And um, it's it's like the, the ability to, for him to just keep moving on is it's powerful to me. Because like I've had moments where I was sad and I was emotional and I was gr- grieving. But all I had to do was just focus on just going on to the next chapter and that's what obi-wan is yeah um my story is very different um i i didn't really connect with him up until i I mean really up until beth started her whole series and i i was i I liked obi-wan as a character i i i saw the 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 great qualities of obi-wan in this in 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 the series, but the way he handles himself in a lot of situations, he's always there, but doesn't always show it. You know, he, he does things, uh, that mean the world to people, but it's so simple for him to do, you know? Um, and it's just, it's just so exciting to see, Ewan back and getting him as Obi-Wan and getting him to see like see him really dive into this character because there is a lot that happens within the the, the, the five year gap between here uh, three years from now is Rebels and then the original trilogy eventually um, and I, I'm just so glad that we are actually getting this story and I've enjoyed every single second of it um, not only because of Obi-Wan, but also because of Vader. Um, and that's that I was really excited because I knew when they announced that Vader was going to be back, I was like, okay, that makes sense because there's a lot of things about the original trilogy. There's, there's, there's lines that are said in the original trilogy that can be taken into context to where we're actually seeing these things come to context. So I've just really, really enjoyed up until this point. But that was, that's it for the icebreaker question. Let's get into the episodes. Uh, we're going to start with episode part one. Okay. So question one in part one. We start off with we, we find Obi-Wan pretty much just living his life, cutting uh, a crate dragon meat and uh, giving it to his EOP, I want to say, Beth, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's uh, Anaki, isn't it? Um, that's I don't know if this is the Nita era, or because Nita was when Luke was three, and so Luke was 10 now, but I don't, it could be, it's either Nita or Akani. Or, is, it a, or, is it Akani, or I thought it was Anaki? I think it's Akani, A-K-K-A-N-I. You probably know more than me. <laughs> uh whatever but we're seeing we're seeing a lot of obi-wan uh in this in, in this first episode where he's he's we're getting him not using the force we see him as a broken man we see him 
uh, uh, run into Jedi and and basically tell them the time is over. Basically, what Luke Skywalker was saying in the in the Last Jedi, which is funny that that gets brought up a lot. But here's the question: How did seeing Obi Wan affect you again for the first time? Like when he first showed up on screen, what was your reaction? Swayser, we'll go with you because I'm I'm sure your yours and my experience watching that first episode was pretty similar. It, it, yeah, it was pretty surreal getting to like watch it with like the, the cast in the room. That was kind of just nuts. Uh, yeah. But getting to see him on screen for the first time again, like I mean, you'd you'd seen the trailers, right? So you knew it was happening. But like when the when the episode actually starts, and then you see him, and he's there, and he's got his beard, and he's, his hair is flowing, and he's in his robes and everything. It, it really is just such a special moment. And, you know, it, it was it, like there really are some some staggering parallels to, to Luke and the Last Jedi. And I actually happened to to enjoy those because I loved what they did with Luke's arc in Episode eight. Yes. Um, and to see Obi-Wan in this fractured state that he's in, uh, this state of despair. Uh, and you see it with the conversations that he has with that other Jedi survivor uh, who's, you know, strolling about on Tatooine. And just to see that from where we last saw him in the Clone Wars, you know, he was... Uh, you know, well, that last interaction that he had with Anakin, you could tell that he was devastated. Uh, but when you see him in like Star Wars Rebels, where he goes to Duel Maul, there's definitely, he. it seems like he's able to work through this devastation at some point eventually, because he seems more calm, level-minded, one with the force when he's going up against Maul. Um, but yeah, to see him in this state that he's in now, and just to see him just, just in general again, is just really, really so special. Yeah. Um, I also forgot Beth was also at the premiere as well, so I'm assuming her reaction was well. But I want to get the reactions of people that weren't in that room. Uh, watching it from watching the first episode, what what were your thoughts? What were your emotions seeing Obi Wan for the first time? Wait, you broke up. You asking me? Yep. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. Um... Like you, like yeah, you guys were saying, like you know, we we knew it was coming. Obviously, we already had seen you know, like snippets and stuff. But then it's like just seeing him in that episode starting, and he's just there. It is like, oh my god, we really it, it. The show is really happening, and it was so emotional because it was something, of course, that we've been wanting for so long, like so so long, and then we never thought that we would, you know, get it again because of. You know, stuff that happened with the prequels and everything. I, I would even want to come back, you know, to deal with all that crap. But thankfully, you know, things got a little better uh, uh, with with everything. And we got him back. And it was emotional. I was happy, obviously, because I'm getting him. But then also knowing that this is how we're getting him all broken down and stuff. It was just so heartbreaking. It was absolutely devastating. Um <sighs> That journey that he's gonna have to take right now to be able to confront everything finally, to finally deal with it and work through all the the pain and the and the and the regrets that he has and stuff. I'm gonna love seeing that. That how he's gonna get to the point where we see him in Rebels. Uh, that's that's what I've always wanted from him. With him, I want him to work through that. I want to see him working through that because I want him to be good. You know, I wanted I, I want to share that experience with him. So, yeah, it's a bit definitely bittersweet. No, yeah, absolutely. Char, Harith, you guys were both in the same room when uh, when y'all watched the first episode. Yep, we Go were, ahead. and um, 
Harith, by the way, let me before I preface in the episode. Fun setup. <laughs> fun setup. <laughs> yeah, there's a little story about um how, what we uh what Harith uh Harith set up for uh, the first episode and the second episode, but we're gonna talk about that another time. But my reaction to seeing Ewan McGregor back on screen was so surreal. It was like hearing him talk for the first time when Tika the Jawa pulls up and he's like, Oh, I got some scraps, and he's like, You're late. And his voice, and it's just like, uh, it's like you know, you know that feeling of when you hear someone's voice and you know exactly who that is. Yeah, it's like that was how I felt, and it was like, for example, when I went to meet I, in Celebration 2019, when I got my photo op with Ian McDiarmid, who plays a uh, Palpatine. The moment I heard him talk, shivers down my spine. It's like when you hear uh, Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan talk, it's that feeling back in. 1999, 2002, and 2005. I unfortunately was not alive in 1999, but I did grow up with him in 05 with Revenge of the Sith. And just seeing him handle everything that has happened in Revenge of the Sith in the show and giving a whole new aspect to this character that we have we never even thought was going to happen, but we're no. seeing it now. And man, I just, I, I just couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it. And... I just love where the story is going thus far. Um, but obviously, we are only on episode one. And I'll uh, pass it to Harris for his thoughts. All I can say is emotional. Watching Obi-Wan be a broken industrial worker, like similar to like, the 1800s of him like cutting meat. And then like his like, callbacks to the Gearian Slaver arc of like watching mm-hmm. people get brutally beaten up. And him just being like, I can't do anything. Like I just have to let this happen because I'll like out myself. And then, like, and like the Jawa scene, just like, and like the later on with Owen, like seeing how close like you and McGregor's performance is starting to get to Alec Guinness, you could hear like his voice get wiser and older. Mm-hmm. And then, like, like Casey said with the whole Last Jedi callbacks of him being like a broken man and him just like unsure about like his religion just getting shattered again. It, just, it was super emotional seeing you and McGregor back as Obi Wan and all the callbacks to everything else. Beth. Oh man. <laughs> um, so I was I was in the same situation as Spacer where we were like in the room with the cast. So already like emotions were high. Um, obviously when he first came on the screen, there was a lot of crying from me. Um, <laughs> not as much as there would be in subsequent moments. Um, but I think the, the thing that struck me the most and that was the most like devastating is the fact that he looked so small and so i guess like that's the only word i I can like equate it to not like physically small but literally like he had gone emotionally small Mm -hmm. yeah because the last time we saw him in revenge of the sith he's like sassy and joking around and even when he's fighting you know even during the moose duel he's still this like you know he's still this great warrior and all of a sudden it cuts to you know he's like sitting it's like the equivalent of like sitting on the subway and it's just like it that was so, I think, one of the most tragic things for me. And especially the shot where he's sitting outside, like, eating his little dinner by himself. It was like, he's just become, you know, he's just so small. And I think that was the biggest thing, is it's, like, bringing that back in, taking that character who had been so big and full of life and seeing the contrast between the two. Yeah, that strange old hermit. Yeah. Yeah. Like A New Hope. Seeing... Seeing it, seeing him for the first time, um, brought a lot back, you know. Um, 
I got to see it just like Swacer and and Beth did. For those that didn't see the premiere, we didn't get that recap. So it went straight into cold open. It went straight into Lucasfilm. We didn't get any of the things that y'all got. Which the recap oh, added even more hurt. emotion it to the hurt. first episode. Yeah, yeah. So we didn't that get recap. that. We didn't get that. But that's because we got it later. Uh, a little bit from here and there. But it, it seeing him broken, beaten down is is exactly the way he should be at this time in the timeline. Because he's not going to be going out being a Jedi like Cal Kestis. He's not going to be doing these things. He's he's lost hope. He's lost his brother. He's lost uh, his lover. He's lost his master. And he's lost a great friend in Padme. And let's be real. If any of us had to deal with all of that, we'd probably be in the same boat. So I feel like it's very realistic in the way that that he is being that Ewan is portraying him in this moment, which is very very important to get to where we need to go with to Alec Guinness's Obi Wan. So seeing him on the first time got a whole lot of hoops and hollers, um, but I will say I think the biggest pop, at least in my, uh, in in our. Well, in the stage that I was on was was definitely for something else. And we'll get to that in a little bit. So in the beginning, we see the Grand Inquisitor and the Inquisitors uh, um, show up on Tatooine. They're interrogating people. And I, I the, the question is, the Grand Inquisitor's comments that the Jedi leave a trail of compassion. How is this weaved into the story of the Jedi and Star Wars in general? We'll go Beth first. Um, I do. Are we spanning like the High Republic, like, or are we? Are we just um, within? <laughs> we'll do within the Skywalker saga. Okay, within the Skywalker saga. Um, I, I mean, I think that that is it's a hundred percent true. Um, and I think this it's a really interesting way that the inquisitor phrased it um because it really it calls back to um anakin's speech like oh compat you know we're encouraged to show compassion and encouraged to you know love in some way um so that was like a very interesting callback and dynamic but as we know compassion is very different than love um but throughout the entire saga we have seen multiple groups of individuals um i guess like weaponize that compassion to use it against the Jedi. Um, like, for example, just in the Zygeria arc is like one of the things that, you know, off the top of my head. Um, and I think it's tragic because it is inherently, or it is inherently who they are as people. Because um, obviously they are trying to bring forth good in the world. They're very connected with the Force. They're obviously compassionate. They're understanding and empathetic and always trying to help. But that in and of itself is you know it's it's dangerous it's like wearing your heart on your sleeve you know people know how to use it against you the wrong people um but i thought that was a really interesting way to open the entire series oh yeah and i love the way the inquisitor looked i think all all the complaints everything out got thrown out the window for me by the way he sounded and the way he carried himself yeah oh just bit like and the fact that people were all up in arms he didn't watch rebels I'm like, y'all, 
this show takes place five years before Rebels thing. Why are all bent out of shape? This is what these moments in this show are going to base what we see in Rebels. We know this already. Um, but we can't talk about the Inquisitors without talking about Reva. Um, Kari, what were your thoughts on Reva? I absolutely loved her from the beginning because, you know, as being an Anakin stan, it reminded me so much of him. Yes. And I love that as a dark side user, your number one thing is your arrogance, your ego, your impulsiveness, your obsession. Do you know someone on your holiday gift list that's looking to cut costs? Consider a Henson Razor. Henson Razors use quality standard blades that only cost 10 cents each. That means you'll only be spending pennies a month on blades. Compare that to multi-blade cartridges that cost 20 to 30 times more. Over a couple years, that special someone on your list will save hundreds and get a safe and smooth shaving experience along the way. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Discover a healthier, happier you with Veganuary 2024. Your health isn't just small potatoes, it's a big deal. So this January, you are invited to make a change that matters by trying Veganuary's 31-Day Vegan Challenge. Switching to a plant-based diet reduces your carbon footprint and makes a positive impact for animals. Every meal is a vote for the kind of world you want to create. Ready to make a change? Sign up today at Veganuary.com. Vote for veggies. And she just straight off the bat, that was who she was. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we got that. And she to me, she actually made the other Inquisitors look kind of weak because they're supposed to be ruthless. That's mm-hmm. their whole thing. You know, they are Jedi hunters and they are going to do their job by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. And um, and I absolutely love that about her, that she is ruthless. She's like, I don't care what you what I have to do, who I'm going to have to you know, torture, kill, whatever. She's on like that Vader mentality. Whatever I have to do, you know. So I I absolutely love that about her. Um, but do you also think it's kind of what what were your thoughts about what the Grand Inquisitor was saying and how that ties into the Jedi and the in the in the story of Star Wars in general as well? About the compassion? That, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Um so basically it's just we could see such a uh, I don't know if the word is just just well comparison is the the difference of how we went from some from having an era of just people being so you know helpful and caring and compassionate you know that that were you know force users to now these people from this era especially you know the people that don't know who the Jedi are are now seeing force users using it to do the worst things possible. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I guess in their mind, it's just like force users are bad people. And maybe everybody was right about the Jedi because if that's how they're doing it, then maybe the Jedi were doing the same thing, you know? Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's very interesting, like, how, you know, they're showing that difference between them. Swisher, same yeah. question. Yeah, so it definitely is, I think, their biggest weakness because we see Thrawn exploit this with the, the Rebels crew in Star Wars Rebels, uh, you know, many a times. And it, it is interesting because it's important to, I think, every Jedi, to their, their character and their soul, to be compassionate, you know, lend that helping hand, to be that, that beacon of light. 
uh, throughout the galaxy, but also it, it really does just ultimately wind up being like their, their, their just biggest weakness because time and time again, where they're compassionate, where they go to help somebody and it winds up being a trap or, you know, it, it's just, they're trying their best and they're doing what, you know, they're supposed to be doing to help people. And then, you know, it's exploited by the wrong people. Um, and I think the Grand Inquisitor, he's smart for doing that. You know, you know, as a villain, that is what you would expect them to, to kind of formulate at that type of plan to, to get their target. Um, it's just unfortunate, you know, being in the, in the Jedi's position that, that that is the case. Because now, you know, we see what actually, and Reva was smart uh, to, to think of that too, to, to go out and capture Leia, to, to lure Obi-Wan out. And, you know, obviously he was reluctant at first, but it is ultimately that, that compassion, him trying to, you know, go and help a friend that is that's gotten him in the situation that he's in. No, oh, yeah, absolutely. Char. Yeah, I mean, the Grand Inquisitor is I I I like the way the inquisitors in general are being portrayed at the very beginning of this uh show because in Rebels they're much different. You don't see them like this. They're a bit um they're a bit uh controlled. They the Grand Inquisitor is a, is Grand Inquisitor and Rebels is, is controlled, but he's also very menacing at the same time. We don't see... There's few. There's a few moments where he does um, have a lot of that violent tendencies uh, come out. But he's, um, he's very... Uh, it's weird to say this for an Inquisitor. He's very calm for an Inquisitor. Mm-hmm. But with Reva tying in next to him, it's just juxtaposing each other as to... And being an inquisitor means that we have to do everything possible to catch a Jedi. Doesn't matter who it is, we will catch it, whether or not it's what they say scraps. Um, they just got to do what they got to do, and I think Riva is is in, in is pushing forward this idea that that we can't be this uh, calm. We need to the. The Jedi can't hunt themselves. We need to hunt them. And she's one of those few examples is just like breaking the mold of what um, a group or what someone should be. And and yeah, and what and when the Grand Inquisitor says the Jedi leave a trail of compassion, it really just ties into um, what the Jedi believe in. Because the, the Grand Inquisitor, of course, he was once a Jedi Temple Guard, so he's aware of the Jedi past. He's, he knows their code. He knows their training. Um, but like, um, but like what, uh, Kari said, it's like the way of the Jedi has altered throughout the years. And when you see Kenobi and you see Nari and all of these Jedi that are just out and about and trying to escape, um, the propaganda has gotten to everyone. So once they see a force user, they either think one, it's a Sith or an Inquisitor, or two, it's someone that's just trying to put harm on someone else or a people or a place. It's I find that to be a very powerful line that Rupert Friend says. Uh so yeah, I think in this instance, I think um it weaves into the story of the Jedi very clearly. Compassion, it's like an itch. They cannot help it. The Jedi code is like an itch. Oh, that's okay. such a good line. It's yeah. it sums up like the saga perfectly. And I was gonna bring up Clone Wars of how like Maul uses it against Obi Wan with the team. Yeah. He's like that itch is there. Like and since like 
Char said he's a Jedi Temple guard. He knows the Jedi better than anybody. And especially how it relates to Obi-Wan in the show, like even though he tries to give him advice of burying the lightsaber and doing it, they both felt the itch of like, we need to help each other. Obi-Wan was more of like, abandon the Jedi, help yourself, get out of here. And he was more like, I'm going to do it the old way. And he got himself killed. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, in the way that they were able to hunt him down in, 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 uh, I think that was one of the uh, very main points of Obi-Wan taking the steps because he knew that they were getting close. They were getting too close to Luke. So obviously we'll get more into like the ca- the capturing and, and, and Reva's big old plan, which is uh, – I don't understand. If you don't like Reva, I don't understand why you don't. It just doesn't make any sense to me because she's, she's smart. She's compelling. She's so yeah. compelling. She's so smart, and it's just – I just don't get it. But Yeah. Well, the main, no, the, the main complaints about her is that she she's whiny. She's too – um she doesn't listen uh, she's this and that well that's the point she was written that way to juxtapose the other inquisitors and what she's aiming for because like she says to the fifth brother in the first episode she wants what she's owed so she is craving something that the other inquisitors aren't craving as much so she has a motive but i mean some star wars fans can't really see that so like kari said she's supposed to just visit Anakin with Obi-Wan. That's supposed to be like, Obi-Wan's supposed to see Anakin and Reva, and that's the whole point. Yeah, absolutely. I saw somebody say, sorry, if you don't mind me cutting in, but... No, yeah, go ahead. I saw someone mention, like, she isn't intimidating enough, and I'm just sitting here like, I watched her cut off somebody's hand. Not that I enjoy (laughs) seeing somebody's hand get cut off, but that's intimidating enough for me. And I mean, let's be real, we haven't seen a lot of appendages get lopped off since yeah. Disney bought Star Wars. So and and that also goes with what we're gonna see in episode three. We are seeing it go darker. And very surprising. This is that yeah. No it like I, I remember that was one of the pops that early on when we were in the stage uh when we were watching with everybody I literally go holy shit they did that. Like oh my God like that's that's insanity. But um, like I mentioned earlier, the biggest pop in my th- in in my showing had to have been Alderaan. Seeing Alderaan uh, meant a whole lot to a lot of people because we only see Alderaan for two seconds, three seconds throughout the entire saga before it's blown up, um, and then you get the scenes with Leia. Uh, her basically being little Anakin. She's she's got she's got a mixture of both of them, but in this first episode in particular, I think she is more like her father than she is like her mother. She's got a lot of things. There's a lot of parallels. What were your guys's reactions to seeing? Swayzer. Yeah, seeing Alderaan again was was really just so cool. Um, it was like. It, and then Jimmy Smith showing up as Bail Organa, like just nice. seeing them all together, like just there on the planet. And like you said, you know, there wasn't really a huge emotional connection when Alderaan was, you know, blown up in episode four, unless you had seen, you know, Revenge of the Sith prior to watching A New Hope. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the majority of people probably saw that first. And then we went back to Revenge of the Sith. And even then, we didn't really get to see it a whole lot. And I mean, just 
you know, finally getting to see more of like how life kind of operated on that on that planet. Uh, you know, the, the families intermingling, uh, the, the royalty and all that is it, really cool. And not to mention, you know, uh, the little tiny uh, cameos from R2 and C3PO there, yes. you know, helping out like the little people. It was just so cool just getting to see it again. And I loved her sassiness. Oh, if Leia anybody, was amazing. If anybody wants to complain about Leia, they can they can deal with me because <laughs> the way the way she the way she portrayed Leia, perfect, just perfect. Carrie Fisher would have been so happy to see her uh, see this little girl play her as a younger one. It, it's it's it's. It's so it, because she's so witty. She's got the one-liners. She knows what's right, just like Anakin and Padme. But I think the biggest thing that got me was her looking out, getting into the tree, getting into trouble, just like Anakin probably did on Tatooine, and watching the ships off. And that's what that was probably the. No, Order 66 made me cry. But, like, this was the bigger one that made me cry because it it did remind me of Anakin because that's probably what he was doing before uh, um, uh, the Phantom Menace, watching ships fly off because he said, one day I'll see it all. And she's got that same mentality. And it's just, it's just so amazing to see. Kari, your thoughts? <laughs> I was a total mess as soon as I realized what I was looking at. I was like, wait, Alderaan? Oh, like, but wait, so that means, oh my God, that means Leia? Yeah, I was a mess. I was, I was, I started crying. I, it, it was a beautiful feeling that, because me, I, my, uh, what I had thought was that, you know, yeah, we were probably going to see Leia, but like a fleeting moment, you know, we see Bale and, and, and Obi talking for some reason. And you just see little Leia in the back. Just They're just like giving us a little, you know, tease. Like, ah, there she is, but you're not getting too much of her. Uh-huh. And then the beautiful surprise that she is basically, you know, the main plot, you know, the, like the main reason for the whole story happening. Um, and this made me even more emotional knowing this because, we don't really get much of her. It's basically more about Luke in the other movies and stuff, you know? Yes, absolutely. And and no, and then, like you said, absolutely, her little charisma, her little sassiness, like all just like brought me back to Anakin. And then what brought me to Padme was her compassion for these droids. Like yes. she was so compassionate to Lola. them. I know, that's the cutest thing ever. And just loving that, you know, and of course we also got to attribute that to Brea and to, you know, Bale, because they're raising her this way as well. And it's just, and then, but the beautiful thing is that the race they're raising her is just like how Padme. Because in like the, in one of the books, like in um, Queen's Hope, we see a little snippet of when Padme was a little girl and the same thing, she was in some planet and she was sad because something was going on and she couldn't help them. And that was like what, you know, basically pushed her into going into politics and wanting to help people because of that one instance. So yeah. I think the same thing is going to happen here. This, everything that she's going through, uh, that she's going to go through is what's going to push her. And it's just like her mother. Same thing that happened with her mom. So oh, yeah. it, it was, it was beautiful. Beth. Oh man. So many, so <laughs> many thoughts. She is just like, obviously she is perfect. And I completely agree. Carrie Fisher would just, absolutely adore her like the delivery of her lines 
and just the way she like verbally decimates her cousin. Yes. But, and I feel like people who were saying like she's too sassy, I'm like, do you remember in the original trilogy, like the first thing she does when she gets on the Death Star is like insult Tarkin and Vayner. Like that is yes. <laughs> Like that takes some ball. <laughs> yeah, can we get this big walking carpet out of my way? Exactly. <laughs> it's like that falls. It totally falls in line with her character. Um, and I love how again, like we are getting her story here. But it's really Luke when you're saying the thing with like the ship and watching the ship. It's really fascinating how they are paralleling like the twins' lives because we know that that's something Luke is going through as well. We just don't mm-hmm. see it until later. Um, yeah. So I love the fact that we're getting kind of these like similarities that and then again like the threads clearly come together later um i absolutely adore that um and i love the fact like you really do have to give snap to like bail and brea yes. for raising her because i love the line when um they're like oh you know who she's like i feel like that's more like about bail because they had right. like that little moment and like she definitely has a lot of bail's like stubbornness and you know mannerism mm-hmm. um in addition to like anakin and padme but she's yeah. just like it's just cool seeing the whole like nature versus nurture um mm-hmm. and it's it's a very interesting contrast again to how luke was raised too but to see that they both turn out to be these inherently good people um it's something again i think padme would be very proud of yeah um and i also love the line where she's like i don't want to be a senator and bail's like that's why you'll make the best yes. one yeah. like that was such a great such yes. a great line yeah absolutely harith well in the words of hayden christensen screaming crying and hyperventilating <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> no but all serious though it was it was awesome seeing leia on screen again like it was like again like like harley i thought i knew she was going to be in the show a little bit same with bail i knew like they were gonna, they're going to somehow like tie them back into the plot but like the whole idea of it surrounding leia being kidnapped was like crazy like i knew it was like Leia was going to be some type of information for the plot, but it was not, I don't think it was going to go that far into it. So like seeing all this happen and then like how perfect the, like the young actress played Leia. It was just, it was awesome seeing this in the first episode. Uh, Char. The highlight of Leia in this first episode was the balcony scene with her and bail. Yeah. That was, that was the hardest I like that made me think about all the race Skywalker haters and just laugh at them when when she's like I'm not even a real Organa and then Bill's like don't what? say that again don't say that yeah. you're an or- you're an Organa in every way boss is here military parents never miss a beat and neither does the Johns Hopkins U.S. Family Health Plan built for every warrior in your family with more than 40 years of service to military families TRICARE Prime Benefits plus exclusive extras learn more at warriorsathome.com Israel is 5,690 miles away from the U.S. 11 hours by plane hate travels faster in a comment in a post in a second Jewish hate is up 388% in the U.S. Black hate, Muslim hate, and Asian hate are up too. When one hate rises, they all do. Let's stand up to all hate together. Share and wear the blue square from StandUpToJewishHate.org. One day this planet will look to you, Leia. There are many ways to lead. You just have to find yours. And and then this is the one day where 
the look on your cousin's face when you get to boss him around for real. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. And um, it's like, it's such a powerful moment. It's like, she, she, and she reality, she isn't an Organa, but she has the heart of an Organa. Just like Ray's, like she, she's not actually a Skywalker, but she has the heart of a Skywalker. It's, it's that simple. That connective tissue between those two characters is so powerful. And that was all that I thought about after that scene. And how much a, an important role Bell plays in this story, um, and obviously later in the episode, uh, his role too. But uh, I love their dynamic. And then when they gave each other the little pinky, the little uh, <laughs> pinky swear, I was like, "Oh my god, I love them!" Yeah, Bill um, for best dad of the year. Yeah, I, I feel like they got a lot of aspects from the sequels. Yeah. Uh, to th- I mean, obviously, we touched on uh, Obi Wan acting like Luke from the Last Jedi, um, which is very, very similar because they're in similar, uh, they're in similar uh, situations. Uh, but before we go go on to Episode Two, one thing I will say: the way Bale says fuck it and goes to Tatooine to recruit Obi-Wan and 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 even when they're on the hologram and Obi-Wan says I'm not the man you used to know uh get someone else yeah find someone else that's that's that right there is was the hardest gut punch that we've had so far i yeah it was like Obi-Wan Obi-Wan was like essentially hopeless he sounded like he was just he didn't care anymore I would disagree. In that first episode, for me, it was, was like for no, her one last ride. Like that, yeah. that hit me harder than. Oh, that's than, I'm not the man you once knew, but you're gonna have to be. You're gonna have to be. You didn't, you couldn't save right. Anakin, but you could save her. <sighs> oh yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, Jimmy Smith and Ewan McGregor on screen again, yeah. and it was just, and then him going and picking up the lightsaber, and that got a pop too. And I, it, it we didn't. Uh, does he pick up the Skywalker saber as well? Because we only see one saber. Yeah. So we really don't know. But I wonder um, what he's gonna do with Anakin's saber. Because I remember, because remember he took both. Yeah. It's in the teaser poster, so we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. We'll see. Um. One, any other... one thing I yeah one thing I wanted to say just to refer back to what Char, Char was saying about um how. That moment when Bill tells um, Leia that you know what you are in Organa in every way and how it relates back to the sequels, like just brings me back to the ending of Rise of Skywalker when we see Leia and Luke very proudly standing there when you know Ray's like, you know, I'm a Skywalker. I I just imagine Leia remembering that moment with her father, you know, yes. like like just like my dad, like exactly, you are a Skywalker in every way, you know. And another thing that I do like that they, they're doing with the show concerning Leia is that they're showing us that she did have some type of force ability. Oh, because yeah, her reading people—that's definitely that that intuition, and that's all you know, the and, force and stuff. And we'll talk. And, and I think we'll. T- I think there is a question where we ask about her force sensitivity, force sensitivity, but we also have to remember, from a certain point of view, uh, Empire Strikes Back, Yoda wanted to train Leia, not Luke. And it's very apparent and it this this show is starting to show us why he wanted to train her instead of Luke. Um and it, it it's very very compelling. Anything else that anybody has to add about episode 1? 
Nothing? Please get, awesome. Get, 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 get from the Red Hot Chili Peppers of Ducks yeah. and Leia. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That was, that that was like, like whoa woman. I was like yeah. yeah. But um we'll move on to episode 2 which um story I uh, I had to leave the I I had to leave the screening early because I had to do our trivia tournament. So um I actually got to watch the second episode with Harith and Char and all of our other and Harith's friends. beautiful setup. And and, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I will say that this episode did, it did break me. Not like it, it, it broke me more than what the first episode did. And I think we can all kind of guess on why that is and how that is. <laughs> but, um, yeah. we'll get to the first question. Char, you want to take this episode and then Harith, you want to take the last one? Actually, um, I'm gonna have to hop out for a little bit. So, um, I'll, uh, Harith, I'll let you take these questions, and I'll hop for round uh, episode three. I'll be back in like, I'd say, fifteen minutes. Okay. So, uh, all right. right. See all right. you later. I'll, uh, right. I'll, I'll stay in here, but I'll stay muted. All right. All right. Cool. See you in a bit. Go ahead, yeah. Harith. All right. Uh, starting with the first question for episode two. Uh, what emotions do you think prompted him to finally reconnect with Force during Leia's fall? Again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start with Kari. I'm gonna go a little weird order here. <laughs> <laughs> um no but of course that's gonna be uh uh there was no question that he had to do that he was not gonna let leia you know fall to her death um it but it was, it was it was a little bit like oh my god he's really that down and that the like traumatized that he's hesitating to use it like that was painful because that just that just shows how much he was just like doubting himself, like how much doubt and he has about him from about himself. Like he probably was thinking, "Oh my God, you know, I have to deal with Leia. She's about to die, and I don't know if I could do this. Do I even have the the ability to to use a force again? Like, what am I gonna do?" And then I guess it was just good to see him finally get that. Like, you know what? Epic. Let me try. And I think. The, the fact that he was able to do it and the, that he was able to save and use the, the force again, that, that must have been a very big moment for him. Because imagine after 10 years, that's the first time you use it again. And it actually and, and it was to save somebody's life, somebody as important as Leia. That, yeah. that that must have been a lot to him at that moment. And just the the just the the, the just being able to use the force again at you know period. And, so yeah. And like you were saying for somebody that is so important, uh, his brother and 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 his his I, I would consider Le- I would consider Padme kind of a, a sister to him as well. Um, to save their child is also an, another big thing. I think it, he he took the leap. He decided to say, "Screw it, I'm doing this because they I." They already know who I am anyway. They, so yeah, they no already more. yeah. Yeah, basically, but yeah, um, love that, uh, Swayzer. Yeah, no, I think I think Obi Wan's just currently already living with so much guilt and regret, and just to have any more additional guilt put on him for the loss of another person that he's essentially responsible for, uh, I, I don't think, like he, I don't know if he would have been able to 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 can. I mean, like we said, he is very resilient, but. You know, there's so much that he's already gone through. Another loss, especially one so important, 
just I don't think it would have been, you know, he had to. There was no other way. Like, he had to reach out, use the force, save Leia. Um, just I, I could only imagine, like, what thoughts are probably or, like, visions, memories are going through his head in that moment, watching her just dangle there from that cable. Like, he's without a doubt was thinking of, of already letting down so many of his other friends. Uh, and I, I don't think that he would have been able to, you know, let Leia just, just fall. And he didn't. He, you know, he reached out yeah. and he did save her. Yeah, absolutely. Beth? Sorry, we were having some we were having some AirPod issues. Um, you can hear me, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, that oh my god, that scene was so powerful for so many reasons. Um, because obviously you can see him processing all of these, and I don't want to get too ahead with like his quote about the force in episode three. Oh, but I think it very much relates back to that, and you can see him processing like fear. Because again, this is a, a, a massive portion of his life and himself that he's had to suppress for so long. Um, you know, fear, he's, and like the fact that he's like not terrified. It's like he's terrified to access the force. It's like he he's not terrified for Leia. That's he's kind terrified of, for himself. Yeah, he's terrified as to like what that, not and not like thinking about like what that means, but because that brings forth a lot of emotions and a lot of issues however the thing i love is that he does that and you can see him process it out of love like it's out of love and again obviously like wanting to save somebody's life but i adore the fact that he made that sacrifice because he loves you know he loves leia so much and he cares so much about her that he was willing to make that personal sacrifice and again i just think that ties back into the nature of his character so well um and also that it was like you, you know and it also shows like the level of self-protection that he's kind of put around himself that it was a last resort but that he's still you know that he still is that same self-sacrificial idiot who we love um and he's willing to do anything for the people who he loves so it was such a beautiful moment and i i cried <laughs> yeah i uh, i um yeah, I mean, episode two was, like I said, the one that, that broke me the most. The one where you um, five minutes straight? Yeah. <laughs> um, can we just talk about Leia and, and, <laughs> and, and Obi-Wan's interaction? Uh, uh, we're, we're, you're my daughter. More like granddaughter. What? <laughs> I was like, that's pure. Can I, can I get the gloves? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's totally Anakin right there. He's got to have every <laughs> accessory. He's got to have everything, and I just love that moment in particular. Uh, but like him reaching out, I mean, he's sacrificing everything that he has to press for ten years, like Beth was saying, and that is a big moment for him because it he is going to expose himself to save another to, to give himself the chance that he didn't have for An for Anakin and Padme. He was going to do that for for those two because he couldn't he couldn't save them so he could at least save Leia. That's the way I kind of look at it. Yeah. Um is 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 him kind of getting getting himself a W without really getting a W. Uh but yeah. Kind of like uh, what he did in, you know, a new hope. He sacrificed yes. himself for it. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. All right. Next question. Yeah. 
Uh, what do you think was the first thing that went through Obi-Wan's mind when he found out about Anakin? And <laughs> I, knowing Beth with her sad quotes, I gotta go to Beth first. <laughs> oh man, I love that moment so much. And uh, the thing that I love the most about it is that's actually the first time he says Anakin in the whole series. Yes. Which is so powerful. So powerful on like so many different levels. Um, and you can see, like, you, just you McGregor, as we know, is just phenomenally talented. But being able to see the guilt, the dread, the fear, and the fact, again, I don't want to get ahead of, like, into some things that we, like, some thematic elements in episode three. But mm -hmm. I think you can just see it's all so, like, he already had to live with the guilt of what, it's just, it doubled it because he already had to live with the guilt of what he did to Anakin, but he thought he was gone. And so he's like, okay, this is a horrible thing, but at least like that's in the past. But now he has to live with that guilt, but oh, and on top of it, he survived. So it just like, it raises the stakes so much. Um, and I love the fact, can I just also say, this is, this is like something I need to like pop off pop off about just like on a video because Obi-Wan, like, as we know, Vader's been, like, searching for Anakin for 10 years still, um, as we hear from Reba. Um, and, yep. like, Obi-Wan had already accessed the Force to save Leia, right? So, ostensibly, you would think that Vader would feel Obi-Wan and the Force before, but it's only after Obi-Wan's, like, Anakin that clearly we have that link with Vader. And I was like, that is, oh, God. I just It just shows that, like, even though Anakin, and even though, you know, Anakin has become Vader, they still have this intrinsic bond that is never, ever going to go away. And I loved, I loved the fact that they brought that back. Um, and, and also, let me just put my two cents in. This scene right fucking here, I don't want to hear anybody say that Vader and Anakin are two separate people. This episode straight up says... Reva says Anakin Skywalker is alive. Come on now. You can't tell me that they're not the same person. I mean, episode three only just confirms that. Even yes, we'll even that more. I'm just, with that notion, I just let it die. Let that notion die, please. Because my thoughts are, if they are two separate people, then Vader's redemption at the end doesn't doesn't really have a whole lot of weight if i'm going to be completely honest but that's my that's my thoughts but uh swacer yeah thoughts? Uh, just to you know hop onto what you were just talking about i i agree i think you know vader would like to think that anakin skywalker is dead i just got done you know reading uh thrawn alliances and yes. he, without spoiling you know he reiterates time and time again anakin skywalker is dead but he's not like he's still in there at least in my mind yeah. um and you know with what we've seen in the most recent episodes uh you know i also have uh you know kind of had that same sentiment like what is the redemption if they've been two separate people the entire time like in order to be redeemed there has to be something to you know to be redeemed for so i, I agree in large part with uh, your stance on that um but what was the uh, the, the initial question because now i'm my mind is moving uh what went through obi-wan's mind when he found out about uh anakin being alive 
Right. Yes. Uh, just like the sheer shock on his face when he when he goes that, and then it's like right there, like full. You know, the whole camera's just filled with Obi Wan, uh, and then it, and then you know, it's so like. I, I honestly, I'm not sure why I thought that he would have known that Vader was Anakin, uh, but I, like just the fact, like just to see how just completely caught off guard that he was in that moment, uh, and then just the, the whole rush of emotions that you can see just on Ewan's face when that reveal happens is it was just so. I don't even know what the right word is to to use, but I, the execution of that scene I think was really really good. Yeah, uh, Kari. Uh, the first thing, yeah, like I want to commend is Ewan and his amazing skills because the way he translated whatever emo all the emotions that like it, it was just all in his face, and it was beautiful to see because he made us feel the same way. Because I, I again, for the millionth time, I was emotional. <laughs> Everything about the show makes me emotional, but that right there was very heartbreaking. Um, he did. I I think he didn't even know how to begin to process that information and like, whew, and like Beth was saying, like you know, now that he ha he's gonna have to confront what he did, what his guilt of leaving Anakin thinking that he was dead, and now, dude, he survived, and now I'm gonna have to like see him and it's like, oh shoot, I left you for to die, I left you for that, and you really didn't die. Yeah. Um, and just uh, what you guys were saying, like, it was just uh, Vader forever trying to get rid of Anakin and that he's dead. And then Israel is 5,690 miles away from the U.S., 11 hours by plane. Hate travels faster in a comment, in a post, in a second. Jewish hate is up 388% in the U.S. Black hate, Muslim hate, and Asian hate are up, too. When one hate rises, they all do. Let's stand up to all hate together. Share and wear the blue square from StandUpToJewishHate.org. If you're prescribed Nurtec ODT, Remedjapant 75 milligrams for migraine attacks, does the fear of running out of medication stop you from treating every migraine attack? If so, ask about two eight-packs per month. That's 16 tablets, and most insurance plans cover it. Nurtec ODT is approved for the acute treatment of migraine attacks and preventive treatment of episodic migraine in adults. Don't take if allergic to Nurtec ODT or any of its ingredients. Allergic reactions can occur even days after using and include trouble breathing, rash, and swelling of the face, mouth, tongue, or throat. Most common side effects were nausea and indigestion stomach pain. A maximum dose of 75 milligrams can be taken daily to treat migraine attacks or every other day to prevent them. The safety of using more than 18 doses of Nurtec ODT in a 30-day period has not been established. For full prescribing information, call 1-833-4-NURTEC or visit nurtech.com. Double the packs to treat more migraine attacks. Ask your doctor if two eight-packs of Nurtec ODT is right for you. The way that he connected was because of Anakin. So he connected, he didn't connect to Vader. He connected to Anakin, to whatever little piece of Anakin is in Vader. That's how they connected. So I'm yeah, I guess um Vader probably knows that too. And that's why he even hated it even more when he confronted Obi-Wan. Because he's like, you connected to that. You didn't connect to me as Vader, you connected to Anakin. And I was like, yeah. of course it's gonna make everyone more mad, you know. But yeah, yeah, it was pretty powerful. That um, I will say, um, I, like I said, the, the that last five minutes, the part where Obi Wan is talking about, oh, you remind me of of someone, 
and it, I think that's where I started. And then from there on out, I was boom, boom. The Anakin name drop. Then obviously we see Vader and uh, we see, we see the red eyes. We, 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 we see what he has become. Uh, we see him in the back to tank, uh, and then it cuts to cold, and that's where we're left with episode two. And and I'm back. I, and and I feel like it was so, so well done. Like Deborah Chow, hats off. The I I don't think I I don't think anybody could have written a better way of that reveal being to Obi Wan that Anakin is alive any better. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, yeah, it's just a subtle thing of like when when she first says Vader and that flicker of like, wait, is it Anakin? And then when she when she finally confirms it, like 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 that just natural progression on you in space. Mm-hmm. The face, like, no, yeah, absolutely. And I just love the fact that she knew that what was that the effect that it was gonna have on him, and the way she was taunting him with it. I was yes. like, oh, she's she's a baddie. I tell you what, she's a baddie. Speaking of Reva, um. How do you think Reva views herself within the ranks of the Inquisitors? We'll start with Beth. Um, I... Ooh, Beth. Your audio is disconnected to your AirPods. <laughs> it was like someone held down the... Uh... The volume down button on your phone yeah. while you were talking. That was Vader. <laughs> like, you're not no, you s- no, you still seem like you're really far away. The yeah. Grand Inquisitor is pissed off at Riva, you know. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I I love Riva. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> Here, hold on, Beth. I'll move to Kari and then we'll come back to you. Okay. Um, how does Riva feel within? Yeah, the, how does the she feel? How, how, yeah, how does she? Um, hold on. Yeah, how do you think Reva views herself within the ranks of the Inquisitors? Well, I think she's she obviously she she feels like she's being held back to what you know she her her motivation is. Every time that she tries to do something, they're always stopping her. Like, no, stop, no, stop, like treating her like a child. And she hates that. That's why the more they push back on her, the more she's rebellious and doing her own thing. And Again, but that's very on par with dark side users. You know what? They're gonna they're not gonna listen to nobody unless it's Vader, of course. That's different. But if uh, I, she feels that they don't have the a place to tell her what to do, I, yeah. I think you know. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's what I think. No, yeah, you definitely have a good point there. I mean, she sees herself as more than what the Inquisitors think she is they i mean even the 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 grand inquisitor says uh we found you in the gutter and he 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 makes sure to put her into in her place the least of us yeah the least of us and that just gives her more motivation to be like no i'm gonna be way more than you and i'm gonna throw it in your face fuck i don't need to listen to her sorry i'm just about to curse but yeah she's like i don't need to listen to you (laughs) no yeah 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 that was a great line from the grand inquisitor is your your abilities gave you station, but uh, your craving of power does not change what you are. Yeah. And then she's like, "What is that? Yeah. 
the least of us. Yeah, it's just. So what does that mean that Fonda? So does because see, I of course the the most obvious thing is that she was a little girl from Order sixty six. Yes, yeah. But she then was the, he she says that. One. But then he says that, and it's like she was in the gutter. So was she just like some force user? You know that just, they happened to run into, and she wasn't really with the order yet. I don't I, think. I think. When he says that he found, they found her in the gutter. I think it's more of a hypothetical, not like a hypothetical, like a uh, we found you at the bottom. You're you are at the bottom, and that's where she you will always remain. Yeah, yeah, I think episode three essentially confirmed that she was a part of the Jedi Order at some point, which I think that scene from Order sixty six was her. So yeah. Yeah. she yeah. was traumatized, scared youngling who felt nothing but pain. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Swayser, your thoughts? Yeah, my mind immediately went to that line of, you know, from the Grand Inquisitor saying that she's the least of them. And uh, s- similar to what you have all been saying, like, that might be how they perceive her, but she certainly does not perceive herself as the least of anything. I think she knows that she has this goal in mind and that they're just completely just, I think, just stationary. They're fine with, you know, taking orders and just, you know, going with the flow, whatever it is that is needed of them. Whereas she knows that she has this target and she is relentless in, 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 you know, not stopping until that mission, that goal that she has is reached. And regardless of whatever it is that they're telling her that she is and that she is required to do, she's just ignoring that. She, she has this goal in mind and she knows that whatever it is that they perceive her as, she, she, is, she doesn't, uh, she just blocks it out. She knows what she's, she is. She knows what she's worth and what she wants to do, and she's going for it. And I, I think that's, you know, as an as a antagonist, I think that's really interesting. I like also that, real quick, that um, she knows how far she could push the line <laughs> yeah. up until, okay, I could go up to here before Vader's going to be like, yo, what the hell are you doing? You know, like, before she crosses that line so that Vader's going to have a problem with her. So she knows how to toe that line. She's so smart. Yeah, don't want to mess with Vader. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, Beth? Okay, hopefully. hopefully yeah, you're good. Yay. Yay. These are my, like, ye old AirPods from, like, I don't know, 2017 or whatever. So I apologize. Um, uh, so I think Reba is fascinating because as we know at one point she clearly was associated with the jedi order and i think like i'm definitely of the camp that she was probably one of the padawans yes at the beginning who wasn't saved for a, a variety of reasons i know there are a bunch of theories out there definitely you know not the time to get into all of them right now mm-hmm. um and so she's driven it's really really fascinating because um like she's whereas the jedi are because she isn't a Sith, right and so no. we're used we're used to seeing somebody with those characteristics and traits as a Sith. We have never seen somebody like an Inquisitor driven by like that much hatred and that much like personal motivation. Um, in you know just somebody outside of that context, which is why it makes her even more ruthless um, because there isn't like this overall dogmatic scheme or like the rule of two or any you know. She basically answers to herself and also to Vader. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, like, her ruthlessness is amazing. But it's interesting because, obviously, I feel like she continually thinks she has to prove that she's one of them, as far as the Inquisitors, by going above and beyond. 
which is why she's like, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to be the one who's going to cut off everyone's hands. You know, if they view me as somebody else, I'm going to show them that I can be even better than them. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, she's just this complex, multifaceted, fascinating character. And I just, I can't wait till we learn more about her. No, oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, it's going to be crazy. We got three more episodes left and I think we're going to get a little bit more backstory on her here pretty soon. Uh, Harith, your, your thoughts? Well, again, like everyone else has said, like, Reva definitely got, was the opening, like, youngling we saw, like, I said, as soon as, like, that scene started, I was like, oh, we're getting Reva's backstory of how she got, yep. like, and, like, again, there's a lot of theories about how she knows that Anakin's Vader, and then, like, her, like, again, like, her drive to be, like, like, how she wants to constantly prove herself, like, how she thinks she's an outsider of the Inquisitors, and maybe theorization she's close with Trilla, maybe, like, do that later. Again, it's just very interesting to see how like much of a drive she has with in this brotherhood and sisterhood. Really, this found family is nothing to her. Yeah. Um, Charlie, your thoughts on uh, good old Reva? I definitely think Reva sees herself as above them, but at the same time, the Inquisitors, you know, see her as an opposite. Uh, I I love uh, Reva's character, and I think that her role throughout the remainder of the show is going to be just, it's going to exponentially grow. Um, and then when you, and then you forgot to mention, I don't think we talked about this for episode one, Reva, um, when she confronted Owen, that oh, seemed yes. powerful. <laughs> yes. Like, if you don't tell me where he is, this man and his family die. And I'm like, yeah. whoa, <laughs> that was the moment where her character took off. And now we're seeing this revamped <laughs> Reva and whatever, you know, um, <laughs> see what I did there. But she is she's growing so quickly. And with what happened at the end of episode two with her, quote unquote, killing the Grand Inquisitor, it just shows another step forward for what her character will become. And I'm just so excited to see what what becomes of her. Yeah. Uh Brian with the beard coming with the with a good comment. Uh he says I just picture Reva Reva hiding in a uh vent at the ten temple, then watching Anakin cut down Jedi, realizing uh is uh, realizing he is now Vader, then finally escaping and living on the streets for a few years. That that, yeah. that would they've make gone, sense. They've gone down the ventilation shaft. I personally have a different theory. I imagine like Reva's in that group of the younglings. They all get cut down. At the end, it's the same group Obi-Wan Yoda stumble upon. She's up on the vent. She sees Obi-Wan Yoda. She jumps down after they leave because they didn't even notice her. She feels like abandoned by them. She goes into the archives, slips through, and sees Palpatine saying, Lord Vader, rise and like we'll together we'll destroy the Empire. Like like that's how I kind of see that playing out. Because she, she did mention that she went through the archives. Interesting. Yeah, she did. She did. Um but that's going to be it for episode two. And now we are getting into the, the slobber knocker. The, Wait, the can one... I do a special mention on episode two? I'm sorry. Go yeah, ahead. go ahead, Kari. Our, our, our poor little clone veteran. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, that hurt. Help a veteran get a warm so, meal. So has anybody uh, been able to identify that clone yet? So some people say that it's blue and some people see it as teal. So it could be either 501 or it could be Hauser, my poor baby Hauser from Bad Batch. 
but it's the uh, you know people see it as different. You can't really tell if it's blue or teal. And stuff. I think it, I think it differently. I think it's five. I think it's five o first. I yeah, think it's probably first, and I think I, I think the reason why, I, and I think Char's gonna say the same thing I am. Uh, I I I think it's it it it, it gives more weight to when Obi Wan is being more grateful and he's giving the credits, even though yeah, okay. the clone, especially the five o first, had gone into the temple and killed all of his brothers and sisters, the people that he called family. And to see him give generosity, because he knew that they didn't, that they couldn't, that it wasn't their fault. He knew about the chips, afterwards anyway. Um, and uh, I think that scene is very, very powerful, as well. But yeah. And uh, I love Tamora Morrison. So. Uh... <laughs> oh, well, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Tamora. All right. Oh, oh yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead, Casey. I'm just holding out hope, however, you know, unlikely it is that that possibly opens the door for a live action uh, Captain Rex played by Tamora uh, in whatever show. Uh, just you know, seeing him in the armor with the beard and everything, and you know, a little bit aged. Um, yeah, it's it's bound to happen. Um, I need that. Tamora's gonna have work for like forever. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, pretty sure he's showing up in Ahsoka. I hope so. I mean, oh, a yeah. lot of the other people are there, right? So. Yeah. Yep. Going to show anyway. three times. Yep, for sure. Now on to part three. Finally, the big, the big Kahuna, the big slice. The uh, that's boo. enough slicing. Uh, yeah. Um, My honey bun. So, <laughs> uh, we get. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll kick this off. I'll kick this off. Yeah. Go ahead. Sure. Okay. So the so as we get into episode three. At the very beginning, we see Obi-Wan and Leia uh, on their way to, um, correct me if I'm wrong, it's called Marupo? Yes. Mapuro? Mapuro. Mapuro. Mapuro, yes. Um, and obviously, they, they trusted Haja. And they get there, and uh, they're like, all right, we... We need some help. We need some transportation, whatnot. Um, and we uh, we get to see more Vader. At the very beginning, we see him uh, walk out of the back to tank. Him walking down the steps, just like the ones that we see in the. Uh, um, I'm forgetting the. Is it the the GQ ones? Where, where did we first see that image of Vader? Oh, uh, the Entertainment Weekly. Yeah, the Entertainment, Entertainment Weekly. Weekly. Yeah. yeah, we see that image. We see that actually on the show with him walking down towards it. And we go to Mustafar and we see him sitting on the throne. His badass throne that we got in concept art in November. God damn it, did the man look good. Uh, <laughs> God damn. And I'm also insanely happy that James Earl Jones oh, did yes. him. It's uh, like... That was beautiful. It, it felt so right with him voicing the character once again. And we see Vader talking to Reva. Um, and they're talking about um, if Reva accomplishes what she is out to do, um, he will reward her. And, and Vader and uh, Reva are closely, they're, they're connected. They, they have uh, somewhat of a, uh, a dark side bond between each other. And which leads into the first question of this episode is, what do you think Reva's end goal is? 
what are your predictions on how she is going to achieve it? Beth? Well, it's fascinating because so obviously she has her own personal end goal, but unfortunately that also happens to be Vader's same end goal, which is to obviously make Obi-Wan pay for whatever he had done to both respective parties. Um, so it's going to be fascinating to see. I don't want to say like who clearly we know who gets to him <laughs> in this episode, but it's fascinating to see two characters with the same goal um, and how she is going to balance that with her desire to obviously fulfill her role as an inquisitor and also like hopefully not die. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think that's the most fascinating thing for me is because she obviously wants, she, she obviously wants him dead or wants him to feel pain. Same with Vader. So I'm curious to see how that'll balance out. Um, Swicer. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to be honest. Like I'm, I've got so many different like thoughts running through my head. Uh, I mean, I know the, the, the popular theory as we discussed earlier is that the way that she knows that Anakin is Vader is that she was one of those uh, Jedi younglings. I, I'm just, I, I'm trying to figure out if Vader, I don't know if Vader knows that she knows. And I feel like once he finds out that she has this information that she won't be lasting much longer as much as I love the character. Uh, so, cause I feel like that's a piece of information, at least to my knowledge that Vader kind of keeps a little close to himself. Um, and so I'm trying to figure out how she's going to utilize this information. I mean, she's targeting Kenobi, and I think she's targeting Kenobi because she knows that that is Vader's goal. Um, and, I, you know, to, to satisfy Vader, her, her you know, master, in a, in a sense, uh, I think she just wants the credit for Vader getting what he wants, I think. Or maybe not, that might not be her only mission. But I, I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm concerned for her because I feel like, Ultimately, her her mission, her goal might get to the better of her in a, in a sense. Once it comes down to Vader, uh, I feel like they might start to clash towards the end there. Oh yeah, I don't think she's making that out of this show. Uh, unfortunately, I Jacosta knew died. She knew who he was. The clone troopers that were in the speeder found out who he was. Tossed them right the fuck out. Um, <laughs> Nobody that knows his name that has power over him is going to survive. That's just yeah, I mean, ex- ex- yeah, Thrawn, Tarkin, Thrawn, Tarkin, and, and Palp, Palpatine, and maybe even Wolf the Ularan. I like to think Ularan knows, yeah, yeah. He's like, nobody could be this extra, nobody, could be this extra. <laughs> <laughs> only Anakin could be this extra. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kari, your thoughts. So obviously, I we know that oh, the hunt for Obi Wan is very personal to her. If you're prescribed Nurtec ODT, Remedjapan, seventy-five milligrams for migraine attacks, does the fear of running out of medication stop you from treating every migraine attack? If so, ask about two eight packs per month. That's sixteen tablets, and most insurance plans cover it. Nurtec ODT is approved for the acute treatment of migraine attacks and preventive treatment of episodic migraine in adults. Don't take if allergic to Nurtec ODT or any of its ingredients. Allergic reactions can occur even days after using and include trouble breathing, rash, and swelling of the face, mouth, tongue, or throat. 
Most common side effects were nausea and indigestion stomach pain. A maximum dose of 75 milligrams can be taken daily to treat migraine attacks or every other day to prevent them. The safety of using more than 18 doses of Nurtec ODT in a 30-day period has not been established. For full prescribing information, call 1-833-4-NURTEC or visit nurtech.com. Double the packs to treat more migraine attacks. Ask your doctor if two eight packs of Nurtec ODT is right for you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, I honestly, I know that, you know, obviously one of her thing is to be able to show the other Inquisitors that she's better than them. And obviously that would mean getting that Grand Inquisitor thing. But I think there's something else there. I just, me personally, I can't put my, my, my my finger on it but there's something else there that she wants and 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 it's also her end goal so i'm really i'm really like that's why i love i love her character even more because she's making me that intrigued to want to keep watching the movie so i could just like find out what it is so um i i really want that i at this moment i can't even answer that because i know it's a grand inquisitor but there's also something else there that i can't put my finger on I, I think that's 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 very 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 true, um, and I think we're gonna get more flashbacks. Uh, oh yeah. Um, uh, Char Harith, your guys' thoughts. Well, well, I get... oh sorry, you go, Char. <laughs> well, I think that um, obviously Reva's end goal is to be the Grand Inquisitor. I feel like that's somewhat fairly obvious. She wants to have that power that the Grand Inquisitor was telling her that she would never have and that she would always remain under them. And she wants more. And mm-hmm. I feel like her being so closely tied in with Vader is just only going to make that possibility come into fruition. Um, those are my thoughts. We'll pass it to Harith. Well, I agree. It's Obviously, she has this end goal of like getting in favor with Vader. So maybe we could hopefully get earlier stories like of like comics and books of like what happened with reva and vader because like something happened between those two and at least the grand inquisitor to like put them in conflict that reva like needs to get like 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 she needs to redeem herself and like do on this crazy hunt for obi-wan just to like kind of like this kind of like this last second hail mary attempt just to get in with the inquisitors because she feels like this connection to the inquisitors and her becoming brother and sister like Maybe we'll hopefully get her back, but I, I feel like her arc's had to kind of swing to the other way of like realizing she's distant from them and like her realizing that Obi Wan isn't really her end goal and like she kind of needs to focus on herself. Yeah, her character her character is very complex, <laughs> and she's an outcast essentially within the Inquisitors, and now she's she feels, she looks like as of right now she looks like she's the one in charge. So yeah, we'll see uh, how Darth Man eighty six or, or Kenny says. She will try to be Vader's right-hand woman, but her ambition will get her unalive. Yeah, it, I agree with that. Yeah, and also when we were um, after we were watching the uh, the Kenobi episodes, the second episode together at a celebration, uh, Harith and Luke, I remember I said that 
what if Reva is trying to be the canon star killer? Obviously not with like all the power aspects and everything, but what if she's <laughs> trying to be Vader's apprentice? Um, it's possible. It makes sense, but I I think that's where the Grand Inquisitor title comes in, and I think that's where that 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 stands from. I just remember when you said that everyone was like, "No, no!" no. There was like all ten of us like screaming, "No, it's Char!" I know. Hey, hey, hey! Just just know, just know. I said this right now. I'm predicting that she is trying to be Vader's apprentice. I I said it after the second episode, and I'm sticking with it. All right. Well, you you. You keep you die on that hill, buddy. <laughs> hopefully, oh, I, I, hopefully I, I, you don't burn into a crisp either. So. I will unalive on oh. that hill. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, uh, I, I think I, I do feel like obviously I think we're gonna get a flashback of oh yeah what happened Riva and oh, I have a yes. feeling that we're gonna get an order sixty six glimpse again because you know maybe the more unaliving. Yes. <laughs> um, <Dave Filoni. laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Char. My cowboy hat. Char. Uh next question. All right. So as that happens, um we see Vader's Vader's before I before Vader started walking and everything. Uh we see Vader's assembly, which that was a very cool moment. We've been waiting to see this for a long time. We get we see Vader in the back to tank in Rogue One, but that was all we got. This time, we see his arms being attached. We see his chest. Um, we see everything being attached onto his body. And then when the helmet's going down, we see like this, like the, like a very subtle glimpse of Hayden Christensen as the helmet goes in. And it was like, oh, it was such a powerful scene. Um, and the question is, what were your thoughts on hearing the prequels quotes? While Vader was being assembled, let's go Swaster first. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh, it was. I was. I got. I got chills. Like actually, chills when that when I started to hear the voices of Yoda and then Qui Gon and Anakin. You know, during the Battle of Mustafar, uh, it was so so cool. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, for a second, I was trying to think if they were going to try and throw in like other like other voice lines, new voice lines, and it was just like you know voices that you know happened in the past. Uh, but it was so cool, and I love. I love how they're embracing the prequels. It's hard not to embrace the prequels in this show that focuses on Kenobi and Vader in the aftermath of, you know, Revenge of the Sith. Um, but I feel like a lot of, uh, you know, some of the recent media, uh, with the exception of Episode Eight, actually, uh, you know, with Luke talking about the fall of the Jedi. Uh, yeah. But it's so awesome just getting to really just dive in there uh, and hearing all these voice lines come back. Uh, it was, it was so, it was so cool. I, I really liked it. I actually got chills. Um. Let's go Beth and then we'll go Kari because I'm sure she's got a ton to say on this. <laughs> um, I same as far as just like getting chills and I loved that scene so much because obviously, uh, obviously we know that like at this point Obi-Wan is suffering, right? But And we know that like Vader's like not having a good time either physically but to actually see it and to see hey, him Beth, like... Hold on, hold on Beth. Anakin is straight up not having no. it. <laughs> <laughs> he's not, he's not <laughs> All right, sorry. That's um, yeah. Oh, but I thought it was a great metaphor because we have, obviously it's like the whole machine now than man. And we know that he is, again, 
he is more machine than man. But it's a good parallel to Obi-Wan too, because he has shut himself down to the point where he's operating almost as a machine on like a day-to-day level. He's like going to work, coming home. He's just like doing these very routine things. Um, so I thought that their introductions, it was a great parallel as to kind of where both of them are and to, that their levels of suffering are different, obviously, but also similar. Um, but it was, God, it was just like, I, what can you say other than just it was amazing with the prequels post? It just drove everything home. Yeah. All right, Kari. Floor is yours. <laughs> is it possible to be, turn, to, to be turned down and in pain at the same time? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's I don't know. just being silly. No, but um, no, same thing. Everybody else just, um, it was chills. It was painful to, to, to get all of that going on at the same time, hearing, you know, the, the, the callbacks to the prequels and then just see, cause yeah, we knew that Vader is in pain. We know we've always read it and everything, but see it in live, what he has to go through basically yes. every day, seeing his body, well, his torso, because that's all he has ahead in the torso and the transformation that he has to do all the time. That must be so painful. And, uh, it, the amount of meditation he has to do while he's in that back to tank because I, I, the I have like claustrophobia, and I can't imagine being stuck inside a thing of liquid most of my time when I'm out of that suit. I, I, it's it's, it's a lot, and yeah. it is very painful to know that he's going through. But then, like Beth said, the beautiful, you know, bittersweet comparison of the type of pains that they're each going through, um, in their own way. But is the same thing. Uh, it's it's just um, in a way they they share the same the same pain. Yes. They they share they're sharing it regardless because their 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 pain comes from the same place. Yep. You know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. That, that that's so well said. And uh, just to hear Obi Wan say, "Master, he's coming." <laughs> just. <laughs> broken and then There's we love see that they keep feeling each other like it's they still feel each other oh my god yeah and like anakin and i mean vader and and i mean I, I if you watch the reaction i that was one of the biggest pops just seeing him get put together and then watching him talk and hearing of, james of the Jones. 10 minute reaction it was two minutes yeah i'm not it, joking yeah, yeah, it was it it, it 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 got a lot of a pop. Um uh but I mean and then we get the scene of Leia asking Obi-Wan about the Force, which is probably one of the most wholesome uh conversations. And it and if you think about it, it goes back to Obi-Wan and in in Yoda talking about Leia. Um, and this is why Yoda wanted to train Leia. It's just for these insights that she has. She's able to understand the Force, and Obi-Wan gets the opportunity to teach her. And I think Obi-Wan, in that moment, is so... I think that's a little bit of joy that he gets that we don't get to see a ton of um, in this show uh, up until this point. And it was very, very powerful uh, to see that. And I mean... They land, we get to see Hayden again as Anakin, which, by the way, that man does not fucking age. It's crazy. (laughs) 
here's the thing though like he wasn't de so he wasn't de-aged in that because i i was like why is this so unnerving like and it's because he wasn't de-aged in that no scene. no wasn't de-aged at all the yeah. guy literally does not he he looked great um but I mean, and then we get Freck and Leia. Like the the whole Freck. the whole Freck. interaction between Obi Wan and Leia. Leia, <laughs> you don't do I speak or do I do I choose not to speak or do I not speak? Always because I like, can't. Yeah, or, or, yeah. or I can't. It's because you can't speak. Just don't talk, bro. Just, yeah. And then Leia takes control of the entire conversation. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing. Oh, she just runs over. with it. No. Oh my god, I saw a little tweet. Uh, I don't know if you, I mean, I posted it on my stories no, of yeah. how the little, like, that her, that her braids are now falling apart, and then the one yes. braid looks like a little yes, Padawan, Padawan braid. braid. The Padawan braid. Yes, yes. Um, Amanda, so I was listening to uh, Duel of the Ranks, ironically, and they were talking about, uh, about that scene, and she had said the same thing. So she it must have come from that same tweet. But yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's, that's interesting because there's a lot of foreshadowing there. Um and it, it, and then we get to see Freck. Freck betrays Obi Wan yeah, because you know he just Ever. reminds me of the of a big who 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 who's a big ass trucker. Uh, so uh, Freck is the worst. <laughs> Fuck Freck. He's the asshole. And um, I loved Freck at the beginning. He's so cool. yeah, yeah. He was so great, cool. <laughs> yeah, great wholesome guy. Oh fuck, you like the Empire? Oh, we got yeah. issues. He just wants Shout to out to the order, costume you know? designer though, because his design was awesome. Yes, yes, his design really was cool awesome. Like yeah. Absolutely. Um. Uh. And then we get. Uh. We we get the betrayal. Uh, I mean, we get. Uh. What's the actress's name? All I can think of her is the three. The, the um, Game of Thrones. And, and Dira yes. Varma. And, and Dira. She's Varma. Tala. Her name in the show is Tala. Yeah, Tala. Yeah. She shows up. Uh, we get the name drop. We get the name drop of Quinlan Voss. The crumb. Very, very, very important because Which, I. Those were my two main predictions for this show. Is one we were going to see Qui Gon Jinn, and two, Quinlan Voss will show up. Oh yeah, so. So, what were your guys' thoughts on Quinlan when he said, "Oh, Quinlan's been here"? Thoughts on that? Anybody, jump in. Feel free. I so I for me, I like. I'm still on the edge as to whether or not he's actually going to show up in the show. I know a lot of people are, are just full of, like expecting him to show up, and if he does, I'll be super stoked. Don't get me wrong. I I think it'd be cool though if his story was explored maybe in a different project set around the same time. Uh, the Tales of the Jedi project that Dave Filoni uh, is working on, those anthology shorts. I think it'd be really cool if we got some animation Quinlan Voss, three episodes maybe following him and him smuggling those younglings into safety after Order 66. I'd love that. But if he shows up in the, in the, the series too, I'm for it. Uh, uh, but like the moment yeah. I heard his name. Or a certain video oh. game that's taking place during this time period. Yes, or that too. <laughs> you know, I, I'm stoked to see him regardless wherever he pops up. I'm excited. No, yeah, I, I think O'Shea is going to be playing Quinlan. I, I truly think so. I think Ice Cube Jr. I yes, I think he's, and the reason why I think that is because he's got that demeanor that Quinlan has. Mm -hmm. Like he has that little jokiness. He's got that swagger. I hey, think, Kenobi. Yeah, hey, Kenobi. <laughs> you look for a little worse for wear. And then it just it. I think it'll work. It I it. It'll be interesting, and it's also 
funny that O'Shea Jackson tweeted, oh, just wait till they see who I am. Yeah, and, he did tweet that. I saw and, it. Okay. And there's been a lot of cryptic things. But, but uh, Ari, your thoughts. Uh, Kari, your thoughts. No, I was, <laughs> I was, I was just flabbergasted. I was like, oh, my God, they actually did it. They actually dropped his name. And, I, of course, I was very excited. And it's crazy because he doesn't have that much presence in not even the Clone Wars, you know. But he was just a compelling character. He was so charismatic. Um, so cool and stuff. Um, obviously, you know, I haven't read The Dark Disciple yet, so I know a lot oh. of the love for him comes from that book. So, but yeah, I, that's, yeah I'm, I'm going to read that. I know that a lot of the love for him comes from that book. So, um... <laughs> Brooke, Brooke yes. did say it. Brooke, yeah. Brooke did say it. I, I'm giving, I'm so, giving yeah. uh, credit where credit is due. And also, uh, real quick, for Brooke, uh, real quick to go into Far Far Away Factory, farfarawayfactory.com, uh, Brooke's shop. Go yeah. check out her stuff. She has everything from Marvel, DC, uh, um, and Star Wars. She has T-shirts, sweatshirts, uh, beanies, anything you can imagine that is clothes, maybe minus socks. Maybe we'll get her into the socks game. <laughs> but uh, uh, she has awesome stuff. Uh, here is uh showing off some stuff hold on here we go <laughs> yes that is a that I is the a brotherhood with team. that with that print yeah that that, that, that that's that, that that's... literally a walking yeah i got the bag with that with obi and um uh, anakin fighting and i got the little padme earrings yep but cool. there you go there's <laughs> your there's your sign um but yes it at dark disciple i'm actually almost finished with my second reread of that book I need to read it so it, badly. It's yeah, so freaking I'm do that. so good. Like the timing of me reading that that book is just un, uncanny. No, especially my, after Brotherhood with Ventures, I I yeah, want to. I we need more. It's of my course, number I two favorite Ventures. book all time. Dark Disciple. Yeah, yeah Dark Disciple is great. I don't um, think I don't think it'll I don't think anything will top Lost Stars for me. Just saying. <laughs> uh, Brotherhood is number one. Brotherhood. Hey. Is I'm only 150 pages into Brotherhood. So far. Oh, it's so good, so good. You'll love Bloodlines it. was really good for me too. Like, actually, Bloodlines. I'm sorry, I know we're deviating a little bit, but just, I got no, excited good. because when I read Bloodlines after I finished reading it, I was like, I want a Clone Wars style show. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free and Anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Of Bloodlines, because yeah. that will connect people to the sequel so much, especially because it, 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 it does such an amazing uh, 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 
uh, way of connecting, like finding out how was it that the first order even came to be? Because I had all those questions after I saw the sequel, which that's why one of the reasons that I wasn't really too much into it, I was like, how the hell did all this happen? Yeah. Um, and then I read Bloodlines, and I was like, oh, shoot, okay, I get it now. This is cool. Yeah. I, I, the sequels are a little bit more, you know, cool to me now. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Beth. Oh, man. I, okay, so obviously very excited for the Quinlan drop. Dark Disciple is amazing. Um, echoing what everybody has said. There is a line, and I don't want to ruin it, but Quinlan, I'm not going to say who says it, but Quinlan working to help for sensitive children does tie back into something that he says in Dark Disciple, which <gasps> once I had that realization, it like kind of, it's kind of devastating. Um, but the thing that I loved the most is like the way that that line was delivered, that you would deliver that line. That was the Quinlan. first thing he said was like, that was like hopeful. Like you could feel him, like you could actually feel like the right. sense of hope for the very first time. Um, yes. and it was, that's, I think what made it so impactful. And obviously we know like they were friends. So like, there's that emotional connection, but just the fact like, oh, maybe, you know, they're like there are more people who survived and this is like this is such an incredible thing that exists but i think that's what made it so emotionally impactful was his delivery of that line i think that's gonna have a very big that moment was very um probably one of the turning points for him now you know getting that 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 that, that motivation again especially with the little um the thing that he wrote what was it uh in order to you have to close your eyes in order to see the way. Yes. I think yes, was. you have to be yeah. order to see the darkness to see the way. Yes. Yeah. Yes, so I, I think that. that's one that's one turning point for him, especially knowing that Quinlan is still out there putting in the work and, and doing the, what he's supposed to be doing as a Jedi, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That Absolutely. was a very big moment for Obi Fisher. Um then we get Vader. <laughs> and more Vader. Um, more Vader. Him, him. Well, now being, we get Vader, Vader. Yeah, yeah. Vader. We don't get. We don't get. We don't get see, and this is the thing. Like I was talking to Brody from Duel of the Rings. Uh, I I gotten drinks with him earlier today, and he he brought up a point. Like we haven't seen ruthless, ruthless Vader. Like we got a little bit of it in Rogue One, but like what he did in this episode. Like unforgettable, unforgivable things. He drags that he gets the father out out of the out of out of the house. The kid shows up, force pushes him, snaps his goddamn neck, and then drags the woman just like five yards. And and it's so scary. Like this is the first time I have ever looked at Vader and thought, "Holy shit, he's intimidating." <laughs> Like you only get that in the com like you get that in the comics. Yes. But yeah, you get a little bit in the comics, but like seeing it live in action, live, yeah. No. Oh, just what were your whole guys' thoughts? Feel. Yeah, what were your guys' thoughts on Vader in the in the in the first couple of scenes? I mean, even even we'll get it we'll we'll and then I'll tie it into the, the, the second the uh, the third question. What was your reaction to seeing Obi Wan ignite his lightsaber? Uh, but let's let's talk about Vader first because I feel like it leads straight into the the, the third question. Swayzer. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, Vader. I described Vader like straight up Michael Myers, like with yes. just 
the torture and just absolute just murder of innocent civilians, not soldiers. Like you were saying, Rogue One, like he was intense in Rogue One, but those were soldiers. Like there was still like an active war kind of going on, regardless of who you're fighting for. He was going up against soldiers. Uh, these were just innocent civilians that he literally just ripped out of their home and just massacred in the streets for the sole purpose of tormenting Obi-Wan to lure him out. That is as dark as dark gets. Like, my goodness. I was like, is this really happening? And yes, it was. I, I just couldn't <laughs> comprehend it. Um, and, you know, just him showing up out of the darkness and then, you know, he ignites his saber. Just like he he knew where Kenobi was going to be like winding up and he beat him there to it. Uh, like just straight up Michael Myers, like absolute horrific villain this episode, more so than like we've ever seen him. And I was losing my mind watching it happen. And then with, you know, Kenobi igniting his saber, he was very hesitant. You know, the first couple of times that he, he faced Vader, he didn't ignite it. He waited, you know, till he got further away, you know, continuing to lure Vader away. And then he finally ignited his, his saber. Uh, it was, oh my gosh, the, the, the whole episode, I was, I was shaking, quite honestly. I was actually terrified. Uh, and I could feel that, that horror from Kenobi, too, because you could see the look on his face like when he says, you know, what have you become? Like, just, I was just as horrified as Obi-Wan was, I think, in that episode. Like, it was really frightening stuff, Vader. Yeah. Uh, uh, Beth? Um, when I first saw Vader, my first thought was, is Luke okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, if, if you watch, if you watch the rea if you watch the reaction, he's not okay. Um, I wasn't okay, but I did not cry. I will say that. I did not cry. But uh, I was, I didn't did. cry. I did not. Yeah. You, I, I was, as an editor, yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> I I just I I I was very very happy. I was scared but happy at the same time to see him be so menacing because that's what Vader should be. He should be menacing. And he is to a certain degree in the original trilogy, but the way he he just was going after Kenobi just was insane but 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 i digress uh beth your, your your thoughts oh um yeah so besides the is luke okay it's just as i think hayden christensen said like you're seeing like peak unhinged vengeful vader which was obviously evident and um the way that he went around time obviously it's shot like a horror movie as we know um and the way that he's like he knows, he knows Obi-Wan. He knows that that in and of itself isn't going to lure him out. That's literally just him toying with him. That's just him killing people isn't just like, oh, okay, I can get him out this way. It's just him torturing him yet another way. Um, so it's like, it's just extra sadistic and just extra unhinged. Um, and I think it really goes to show you where, where exactly, uh, it sets up exactly the type of Vader that we're dealing with. Um, and it was like, again, seeing that reaction on Ewan's face and the way he says, like, just get her to Alderaan was like, so like literally he knows he's going he to die. Desperate. Yeah. yeah. He was just like, he knows that this is, this is not going to go well. Um, and then as far as Obi-Wan, like igniting his lightsaber, I love the fact that it wasn't like a big, like, -na 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 -na. Yeah. I love yes, the fact yeah. that it was it was like a very, as um, Tracer said, like it was very hesitant, but it was just like also very like natural. It was yes. a very quiet moment. And it wasn't, think, he was using it for light. Yes. He wasn't using it for defense. He was just literally trying to see Vader. Yeah. 
And it was like, I'm just like, thank God they didn't turn it into like a big, because that's not who, that's, it's not realistic. And that's also not who he is. <laughs> like, no. Um, but it was nice to see. Anything? Yeah. He's not, yeah. He's not, he's not standing <laughs> on a TIE fighter flying in. Um, yeah. 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 Uh huh. <laughs> but it was good to see. And it was good to see him connect with it in that way, in such like a natural way too again and like not have it be this big emotional thing and i'm like okay this is good this is leading good places yeah. so ari <laughs> it was well first of all yes it was a beautiful thing to see just seeing him walk so you know the man like such a big presence um as he is of course uh, it's just beautiful the shots that they did with him uh walking through the thing but as beth said i think because I know that the you know the, the most consensus is that he did what he did to the townspeople to lure Obi out. Yes. But as soon as the first moment that he felt Obi, that he knew Obi was around, I think he did he that to start torturing him. To start like, oh, you want to see who I am? You want to see who who I am now? Okay, boop, this is what I do now. Boop, this is what I do now. That's that's all on you. You you make this. And it was just I I. When he when he snapped that little kid's neck, I that, that was way too much for me. I was like, well, not in a bad way, but I was just like, Disney. What? Uh, um, Disney? Would you would you like would you like to hear what B Dazzler said? <laughs> I bet he can break my back now. Oh yeah, well, no, I agreed in her. I agreed with her. <laughs> well, well, uh, I said, oh yeah, I've been Dazzler. I, I saw her, her, her video. I saw the, the, the video. I was like, yes, I did yes. think about that. <laughs> okay, yes. But, no. <laughs> yes. yeah. but um, it, it was just, uh, it, again, like everybody was saying, it's just very cool. Not in a, oh my God, yes, he's killing people. But uh, seeing Vader in his prime, yes. uh, it's, it's, it's really, really cool. I mean, and because uh, we haven't seen a lot of these characters, even like Luke before and everything, we never seen them in their prime. You know, we got to see Luke kind of in his time in the Mandalorian. You know, we didn't even see him in the sequels, like you know, as well. What a prime. <laughs> Brooke, I don't kink shame, okay? I don't kink shame. Yes, I'm just. So, see, I'm Brooke just, knows we. Knows. I'm just. I'm just stating that you said it. That's all I'm doing. All right. Okay. But Sorry, um, no, no, no. See, guys, if we're talking about breaking back the Vader. But <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yes, I love Vader. But um, and then seeing Obi Wan like, cause everybody was on edge, cause they thought every he was gonna ignite it as soon as Vader did his, and then they're like, oh, but he ran away. I don't think he was running away. I think he was oh. being strategic, and yes. like trying to see the best way, cause he knew he was gonna he wasn't gonna be able to do anything right then and there. No. So he was just like uh, trying to find the high ground, I guess, if you want to call it that, to see, you know, the best way to try to fight with him. And like you said, I think he met it so he could see, like, he needed, like, because Vader was doing the whole Michael oh, Myers, like, oh, thing. Like, he oh, would just appear, like, how turned, fast are you he, running, Vader? <laughs> like, he, no, he, he, he turned, he pulled a Lords of the Sith and turned off his respirator. He turned and, off his thing. Like, you could, yeah. yeah. Him anyway. He's so extra. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, so just, just straight up just straight up turns off his respirator it was so on part of who Vader oh, is God. He, toying with him and, yeah. and, 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 and being the dramatic Vader that he has to be uh, in, uh, 
But that's what he wanted. He wanted to instill that fear into Obi. Yeah. Um, because he could. He knows now that right now he's the one that has he's more powerful at that moment than Obi is. He's he saw him, he's all you know broken down, but it was a beautiful thing to see just to see him ignite his beautiful blue lightsaber again. Yeah. Imagine that did happen though when he went to retreat or like run a, run away to find uh, somewhere else to prepare for Vader. What if he went on an elevated surface? I would have laughed my ass <laughs> off. I was like, I'm doing this again. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. But the, the way they showed him, like Vader now has the higher ground because the way they, they kept showing yes. that he yes. always down. On, on the ground, on the um, ground. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 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 But he's he's also the like I know there have been so many people who are like, why is he running? I'm like, literally, he says he's buying time to get Leia off the planet. Like he's yes. not gonna stand there. Like he's being strategic about it. He's why would he be like, yeah, to where Vader. the hideout is? Like, hello. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. He's he's leading him as far away as possible. It's like, of course, he's gonna be running for. Not only that, because he probably thinks that maybe he might feel Leia's. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's got to yeah. keep. Yeah, he's got to keep Vader engaged. It's like, guys, listen to what literally what he says, which has been my biggest frustration with going on Twitter this week. I'm like, just listen to the dialogue. <laughs> well, Boy, listen to that. Listen to the dialogue and use context clues for the love of fucking Christ. <laughs> yeah. I, I Go wanted, ahead, Harris. I wanted to add with the igniting the lightsaber. I was thinking of this like as you guys were talking and thinking back to Chase's video. It really does tie back into what Obi Wan was describing before to Leia. Yes. Vader being the darkness that like kids fear of the dark and Obi-Wan's like lightsaber being his only tie to the light because you got to think Obi-Wan just has a self-doubt he hasn't used the force last he used it was to save Leia in episode two like Obi-Wan hasn't been like as tied in as he was during Revenge of the Sith and the Clone Wars so like Obi-Wan's yeah. only confidence he has is this lightsaber being his only tie to the light so him like like using it to like try to figure out where he is he's using it more like a flashlight than anything than like just him yeah. trying to find Vader and like Vader like representing the shadows of the darkness of like like there is no light in that at all like mm -hmm. the choice of like Deborah Chow using like the nighttime lighting of like Vader like sneaking around movie. the shadows like 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 you had to say like he was a horror villain and like Obi Wan's just like like the protagonist just trying to survive with like <laughs> the only strand of the light he has left which yeah. being yeah. his saber yeah. absolutely absolutely Char your thoughts. Yeah, I think that um, when Obi-Wan ignited his saber for the first time, I was just like, because that, that's my favorite lightsaber of all time, is Revenge of the Sith Obi-Wan's lightsaber. I haven't gotten a, a Corbanth Neopixel saber just for that specific lightsaber. And seeing it ignite for the first time in, so, in such a long time, it just brought back so many fun times and fun memories and just seeing it go up once again and i was just like oh this is an awe and i love the way that he was very sparing with it like he wasn't using it for like how harith was saying it. he was mainly using it just to see <laughs> just to just to like show you how cut off he was from the force and then when vader entered the scene that was like <laughs> that was <laughs> are you okay yeah i'm good <laughs> i'm about and to pop off though why is that no keep going oh well when vader entered the scene you just see this old man just running through and trying to figure out a way to uh uh lure him because he knows that vader senses him he knows it for a fact yep. and then when he just pulls up and just waiting for him 
and then you hear that 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 dark hissing ignite uh, ignition of a lightsaber it's just oh my god and the lightsaber duel was so anticipated and it was so well done and oh man it was just absolutely amazing so i will say this and i am beth harris and everybody that's been on this podcast when i've talked about this goddamn show i said i wanted to see one thing and we damn near got it. I, I'm taking it as a W. I called it. But I said I wanted a I wanted a scene where Obi-Wan asked what what has happened to you. And when Obi-Wan asked, what have you become? I lost it. Like I was like, I feel so fucking validated at this point. <laughs> because your I reaction brought so many, brought such a big smile on my face. I like, you're, you're, like you. I didn't even know if you were laughing, just like because you were so happy. I I, I wanted to see. Like, it was like, like a my, maniacal laugh. Like it, it was. My, it was. Yeah. Funny. And then you're like, it, and then the type, you're like, take off your helmet, take it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like I. I <laughs> so my thing was is that I wanted to take it. I, I I called this a long time ago. I go. It, he will either show his face. He he will show Obi Wan what he has become, or he will say it. So when he said, "Uh, what you made me," I was like, "All right." All right, I don't care if if the next three episodes are of Obi Wan at a fucking wall. I don't care at this point. <laughs> I was like, I got what I wanted, and now I I I can die happy because that that is done so perfectly because you have that emotional weight between these two characters, and those the, the, those lines might feel like. Like to to the fan that hasn't watched everything and been through seven seasons of the Clone Wars, seen Rebels, seen all the movies, that that emotional weight, read the books, the emotional weight of that say that of what he says, is so so strong, so strong, and it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun. Too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. When he said that, I, I lost my goddamn mind, and I... And and Beth 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 has been the one that I've talked to about this. I I think ab nauseum, so she knows. And uh, that that really did make that that really did make a big difference for me. But let we'll go on to the 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 the, the fourth question. Um, what was the most powerful moment for you during the fight between Vader and Obi Wan? And obviously, mine is the beginning. 
what were what were your guys' thoughts on the saber fight? We'll go Kari first. My thoughts on the saber fight? Yes. Um, it was it was it was very emotional in the sense that we see just how cut like how far OB has you know gone without having ever um we have for like for 10 years he hasn't been able to use the force or his lightsaber or anything and he's just he just got beat down so bad even worse than he was before and um and that's why I it kind of bothers me when people are like the complaints that I've seen like oh what kind of what what kind of fight was that or what what was that where's this fight? how do you want him he's he hasn't fought in 10 years he 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 has no, 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 no motivation, no self-esteem. He's like again, still full of doubt, and like he's scared as shit right now because yep. he has this monster coming after him. That was the most beautiful way to show how the difference now between Obi and and Darth Vader at that moment, how the the power shift that 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 power um difference between them two. And I love that Vader came so imposing to him because. Yes. Uh, you know, it that's that's exactly what we're supposed to feel. We're supposed to feel bad for Obi, yeah, because of that. We just see that he's just not the same person that he was before, he wasn't the warrior that the Jedi died that he once was. So it was it was beautifully done. I, I think it was great. Uh, it didn't have to be a big showmanship because it, it didn't, it doesn't have to be like a Mustafar type of fight because that's not we're, we're gonna get that. We're not there, and then we're and I did. It. And I did love that they, they they it was very like some of the the way they were fighting was very similar to how they fought in the OT because now they're yes. older still you know I mean it's different now yeah so absolutely. but I I think we're gonna get another fight obviously because now we're gonna start building Obi up or whatever so um yep. I well I'm hoping that we do so no we will yeah. he yeah. will he will yeah. uh Swayser, your thoughts on the on the saber fight and I guess we can also include. Uh, how sinister Vader is playing psychological warfare with Obi Wan. Yes, uh, my favorite part of I think that whole duel is there was a moment where Vader just starts chopping real, real strong down on o- Obi Wan's blade, and it reminded me of Luke in Return of the Jedi pulling like a similar maneuver on Vader. So Luke in Return of the Jedi has all of this anger and this rage directed at Vader for the, the things that he's done to him. Likewise, Vader has all of this anger and rage at Kenobi for what he feels, you know, for Kenobi's failures for for Anakin, for what he did to him. And so just like that visual, like kind of symmetry, like I, it caught me right away. And I really loved that moment of Vader just pounding on Obi-Wan's blade. Uh, And just like the sheer rage in that moment was just really, really cool to see. Um, I I really liked that. Um, and I still felt terrible for Obi-Wan. I was still rooting for Obi-Wan. But, you know, seeing that yeah. happen, I thought was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And like you said, just the sinister nature of Vader throughout the entire thing. Like when he just, you know, force pushed him and then, you know, he raised him up, dropped the saber and then drug him through like those burning like rocks. It's just brutal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. It, it just the man people asked, well, why didn't he just take him out there? Well, one plot armor. Plot armor, Pettiness. No, for one, for for one, he Again. want he wanted to play psychological warfare with Obi Wan. You have done this to me, Obi Wan. I'm going to do it to you, and he, I'm going to let you survive. 
because I want you to feel that pain that I've had to feel the last 10 years. Your pain has just, just begun. begun. Like, again, do people line? not know Bader? Hello. Oh, oh, oh. He's oh, all I about the, the theatrics and the dramatic. Like, yes. that's, that's, he revels in that. Yes, I <laughs> lost it. I was like, that. that's pure. That is so well written uh, as Vader. And to see Obi-Wan suffer, and I've seen a lot of people say that 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 um the screams that Obi-Wan does very oh. similar to Anakin in Revenge of the Sith when he's getting burned. Not even just the screams, the shots are so similar too. Yeah, they are very, very similar. Uh Beth. Oh man, so many thoughts. Um <laughs> So many thoughts. Uh, first of all, I guess just as far as like the fight in general, um, just as far as like Obi Wan being out of practice, like he wasn't using any form. He was literally just trying to like block and reflect, and but like not even with like the standard lightsaber fighting style, like which I think was a brilliant choice because it does show again not just like how out of practice he is, but like how fearful and just he's not even in the right mindset. Um, and he's not able to like switch that back on right away, which I think was something that a lot of people were expecting um, that I'm really glad that they played into. Yes. Um, and as far as just like, oh, God, it, I, ah, it was so good. Um, the thing I, I love the most is the fact that Vader, obviously we know Vader plays the long game. It's, it's far easier for him to let Obi-Wan escape and yes. figure out figure out who is helping him Yes, the imperial side, and then take them all down because we've seen him do that before. Like he's being smart about it. Um, but the thing I love the most, obviously, was the and I've like broken apart the line. I am, you know, what you made me. We don't need to go into that. Um, but oh my my the line that I called. <laughs> yes, the line that you called. <laughs> um, he's literally when he's like reenacting Mustafar, he's literally burning whatever pieces of Anakin are left in Obi-Wan like any sort of hope that Obi-Wan may have um or any sort of like love that he may still have for Anakin he's trying to burn it out of him the same way that it was burned out you know and I thought that was and it's a very poetic moment um it was just it was like god it was so beautiful and it really does show how petty Petty bitch. Petty bitch Savator. Literally, he burns him earlier in the fight with like an old man joke, and then he like physically burns him. And I'm like, only Anakin Skywalker would do something like double. But it was it was so beautiful. Um, Char Harith, your thoughts before we get to this question. Oh no, just simply my favorite scene of that fight was when Vader took him off his feet and was dragging him through the fire. God damn. That was it was such a menacing scene and then this and also this is like a very small part of it was when uh Tala shoots the clone after Vader pushes him out of it. And then when uh, she shoots that stormtrooper that's going towards Obi-Wan, all the stormtroopers behind Vader turn and try to try to find her and then Vader's just <laughs> looking forward. He's so and the fire, the fire and the mask, the eyes. Oh my god! Yeah, so the, yeah, that was after she shot the, uh, yeah, the, the machine. But yes. I love how focused he was on just Obi Wan. Nothing 
was distracting him whatsoever, except yes. when the fire was reignited in his face. Mm-hmm. But because yeah. you know, why wouldn't he uh, be afraid of just randomly igniting fire? Yeah, he's not the hound. Yeah. Uh, Harris, your thoughts? Well, again, I think this goes back to you and I having conversations for the longest time before Kenobi came out. I said, mm-hmm. choreography wise, what I wanted was the emotional weight of the OT, the flashiness of the prequels, but with the physical, like, saber weights of the sequel trilogy. That's exactly what we got almost to the letter. And yep. again, like Char said, seeing my favorite moment of that entire duel was seeing Vader ignite the fire and drag Obi-Wan through it. Like, just the amount of like callbacks to like the comics and like like yes. revenge of the sith and like it's just like you could feel that just the pure amount of passion and work they put into this fight it was amazing and the lighting effects of the sabers yeah it was it, it was very well done i don't want to hear anybody say that deborah chow isn't a good director um but um the last question for this round table, which has been amazing, by the way. Yes. Thank you all for coming on. We appreciate it. Um, what were your thoughts on the conversation between Obi-Wan and Leia regarding regards uh, in regards to family? What do you think both got out of the conversation? Are, are we talking about the one on the on Freck's little hovercraft that he had, where where she asks him if if she, if he's her real father? Yes, because that right there was that was like I was like oh my god, like wow, <laughs> um, I could only imagine what was going through Kenobi's head in that moment. Like he knows obviously Anakin is her real father, and he can't say anything. And like you know when he says, yeah, I wish that I could say that I am. I was just like, oh my god, <laughs> like it was. It's so sad. It's so sad. And, you know, Leia, I don't, like, she can tell that Kenobi, she flat out, you know, calls him out on it. Like, she, you know, you're keeping something from me. I've been able to tell since the moment we've met. Uh, And I I wonder, like, if that's going to go any further or if it's just going to, like, stay there. But, like, the fact that she kind of knows that Kenobi knew her her real parents. And uh, and I I think she kind of can tell, like, you know, just by the look on his expression that Mm -hmm. that there's something that he feels bad for uh, that, you know. (laughs) He wishes he could say more, but he just simply can't. And it's just like that whole that whole moment was just really, I think, emotionally overwhelming just to see that unfold. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kari. Um, No, the same thing as Fazer. It was very it was a very deep emotional moment. Um, First, I want to give a shout out of how much Padme mentions we're getting in this because my girl, it's like she's forgotten in in a lot of things and i she to me she's like basically the most important person in star wars because yes. you know well and that and also story wise palpatine really like literally erases her from it yeah exactly so, exactly they're not and then we don't get you know we don't like i i know we get mentions in books and stuff like that but you know yeah. it, it when it comes to live um, like I would have wanted more Padme mentions in the sequels, you know, like Leia and Luke kind of having where, where I know they didn't see each other, but I'm saying like something bringing her up because she's like, she's she always in the back burner. So I'm loving all the Padme references. I, I'm sure we're going to get more. Um, and then just, and then what, what really got to me was Kenobi talking about remembering his family. Oh, oh yeah. Like, what? Very he has a bro- like, he might have a brother, like, and, and and I like also that they address the whole thing of what happens when they take these kids, you know, the Jedi, when they take them as 
you know, the little kids, like, okay, that's how they do it. These little kids, that's how they remember just glimpses of their families. It's not like a big thing to them. But um, like Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. Or like how Leia describes her mother in Return of the Jedi. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 absolutely. So, yeah, no, I, I absolutely love that. Yeah. Um, Beth? Oh, man, that was, it was just such like an emotionally resonant moment. And the way, again, the whole like, the way he's telling the story, of, the like fake story, you know, to the stormtroopers, and you can just tell it's about Padme. And it just really shows how much he cared about both of them, which I feel like something isn't ever really explored, but he did yes. genuinely, he loved and cared for both of them, like yeah. they were his brother and sister. And you can see the impact there. And when he's you know when he's saying i wish i could say i was it would things would be so much simpler if like i could because then that would mean that both of them were alive you know it's yeah. just it's so tragic and it just shows his love for both of them so much and i think that also could potentially like i know there's the whole discussion about like why he was why like obi-wan was like so adamant about like training luke and I always wonder now, seeing that moment, if he was like, "I just want to protect her," like, yeah, mm -hmm. he, he didn't, he he didn't want to put her down the path because, um, as much as we want to say Luke is so much like Anakin, Leia is more so like her father. She has those tendencies. She has that fire, um, and I think Obi Wan saw that very early on. And that's why he was like, I've seen this happen before. <laughs> it doesn't end. But Harith, Char, any last words before we end it? End the um, episode? I'm just excited to see what happened to Leia after the last episode. That's yes. my biggest question. Just what happened to her? What did yep. Reva do to her? Yep. I'm just ready and for emotional damage. Yeah. <laughs> because of because Even of Obi-Wan. Yeah. Because, Obi because of what what Deborah Chow plans to do. Because of him. Um guys, thank you all for coming on. Thanks to our, our first timer, Swacer and Kari. Um uh where good people follow you to Swacer, you start off. Sure. Uh, Swacer underscore 1977 on TikTok. Uh, that's mainly where I post. I do have an Instagram and uh, YouTube. Same same handle. Uh, you will be seeing, I think, quite a bit of him coming on, especially for Star Wars Rebels. I love talking about Rebels and Star Wars in general. So, <laughs> so yeah, this won't be the last time you'll be on here. My favorite uh, Jedi came in, yes. Oh, Kari's all oh, looks like we got to get Kari in. For yes, a couple we do because I have a new recruit. Oh, we've got two new recruits to, to get Pod One's, Pod One's army, I guess. Um, Kari, where can the good people follow you? Um, so basically, my TikTok handle is right here Star Wars Tia. Again, Tia means auntie, that's not my name. <laughs> um, and then Twitter is the same one, and Instagram is Kari Skywalker. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. Beth. My beautiful Beth, my my sister in the force, uh, my my New my York Obi sister. <laughs> yeah, my my Obi, my Obi Wan Anakin. You're you're the Obi Wan to my Anakin. Uh, where can the good people follow you? Um, you guys can find me at mara.j.skywalker on TikTok. Um, and mara 
underscore CJ Skywalker <laughs> on Twitter. I'm not used to saying Twitter. Uh, um, yes, and likewise, Luke, the feeling is mutual. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Harith? Uh, you can find me at Harith Productions on TikTok, uh, Harith Edits on Twitter, and uh, They Fly Now Show on YouTube, which is the other podcast I host with Car2D2 every Monday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific. And what else? Oh, obviously here at Pop One's podcast every Thursday. I like to hear that. Gotta get you going on that. Uh, where can the good people follow you on social media? Good people, you can find me on TikTok at CharCharJ, as spelled right here. And you can find me here at the Pop One's podcast every Thursday night to cover our Clone Wars rewatch. Next week, we'll be covering the... The youngling arc with Gunji. So, uh, Gunji! Ah, perfectly timed, you know. Yes, timing. yes, I perfect swear, timing. Yes. I swear we have a lot of things perfectly timed. <laughs> not even gonna lie. And on Fridays, as we have our Kenobi roundtable discussion. And, and I do have one confirmed big, 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 big uh, um, confirmation. Miss Eggy will be making her second appearance on the Pod Ones podcast. Uh, and we will be breaking down episode four with her uh, with two other guests to be determined. So uh, don't miss us. Uh, same place, same time. Uh, you can find us at the Pod Ones podcast on TikTok, uh, Pod Ones podcast on Twitter, and at the Pod Ones pod on Instagram. Uh, that's going to be it for us. Uh for light and for life. We are all the Republic. And may the Force be with you. Always. Always. See you guys. Because of Obi-Wan. <laughs> it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the Dell. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.